Welcome to Talking Heads, episode 133, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night. Uh, if you have never seen the show before, this is basically 20 minutes of beer news, about an hour plus worth of tech news, about another 20 minutes of games, pop culture, entertainment at the end, or whatever we feel like talking about. Uh, we do try to keep the sham. Good lord. We do try to keep the show as family friendly as possible in both language and content. Although we do drink alcoholic beverages on the show, and if you are drinking along with us, be it alcoholic or not, feel free to uh, let us know in the chat, and we will give some early show shoutouts. Uh, someone says no audio for Steve. Bull, I checked that. Oh no! What the? No, no. Hold on. You can Hold hear on. me. I, I can hear him just fine. Okay, there we go. Try that. All right. Can everybody hear me now? There you are. Silence, there Steve. Are. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Jeff put me on mute. It's all his fault. I, I did. Put yeah. him in timeout. Yeah. I was making too much noise before. He was swearing like a sailor when I was trying to do that intro, man. It's crazy. Oh, Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I got my own little party atmosphere going on here. I feel well, like I'm underdressed. Yeah, you are. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta join the luau vibe going on here. I, I did not get that memo. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you an email. Must have had me blocked or something. I, I totally do. Yeah, I totally do. Yeah, yeah. John, I filter his band or I uh, uh, crank down his bandwidth and uh, limit his bandwidth, and and you, I block your emails. So oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's how that, that works. I just spam basically at this point. Yep. Okay. Cool. Oh, my wife just letting me know there's cinnamon rolls in case you get hungry upstairs. Well, thank you. And she goes, I took some over to the neighbors and, and da, 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 da. it's like, I love you, but it's 803. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have got her to bring some cinnamon rolls down to you. I, I shouldn't have. Yeah. I really should have. Look at that. You can demonstrate your pint pan right there. It's like, that's, look at, that's right. I get cinnamon rolls directly to me. Yeah, and homemade. Homemade too. Like yeah. from scratch. Yeah. yeah my wife's been uh, been on a baking frenzy as of lately. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest of guys. You know, I, I've always been kind of kind of a little scrawny guy. Um, but uh, it's not through lack of trying. Let me tell you. How much. <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Steve, what are you drinking today? Well, I actually took a special trip to get more beer because I was running low. Um, <laughs> I had almost nothing. Uh, and so I uh, I got like one of each of my favorite styles. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I like IPAs. So I got a ha uh, hazy IPA, which are all the rage right now, as everybody knows. So I got a matchless apocalypse fatigue. Apocalypse fatigue. Ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got some Mad Max references there. Yeah, it's got the six feet. You know, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so it looks pretty decent. It's got some Centennial, some uh, what is that? Comet, Simcoe, and Cashmere hops. Mm -hmm. So yeah, interesting. Very cool. And I have a nice German beer. Prior ah. eight. Prior eight. Yeah, Very I, nice. it's it's one of these uh, Barnabas. Is that how you pronounce it? Barnabas? Brun? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, that's the only one of these guys I've never had before. So I decided to give it a shot. It's a Dubell. 
which I like the uh-huh. best. Yep. I think I've had that one before. Uh, I, I've had just about every single one from it, them except for that one. It is rare that I drink a beer before Steve. I yes. just want to let everyone know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm every yeah. time every time it happens, I've got to put one more one more tally on the wall. And I've had this one before, uh, but I, I I haven't had this year's version of it. And uh, it's a barley wine, and it's uh, Mad Rivers uh, barley wine ale, John Barleycorn. Nice. So I've had this before. It's very tasty. It's very good. It's also I think like. Uh, well, it's not super high. It's like 9.2%. So it's a pretty big one. Okay. But yeah, that's what I'm going to have today. Excellent. All right. Uh, I actually haven't even opened my fridge yet. So oh. uh, why don't you go ahead and pour your first beer and I'll do that. Actually, and then, uh... before I do that, yeah, I just cool. realized something. I, I don't have a bottle opener. <laughs> so, <laughs> I usually have one here, but I don't have one here now. If people I, saw me looking over to my right, uh, it was because I didn't know if I had any glasses downstairs. Oh, um, we were I, super prepared. I, I found a pint over there, so I, I do I have mean, at least one pint glass. I could always, like, increase my dental bill and just... Yeah, just... Crack. Yeah, no, I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> All right. Um, um, I'll, I'll be well, right back. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna get... And you can... You can I, I will keep this show going. Tell you what, All I right. will intro the, the, the start to the show. Okay, yes, um, yes, and, tell them. But I won't open anything until you return. Perfect, I'll be right back. That? I'll be like 30 seconds. All right, uh, so let's give some early show shout-outs here. Uh, by the way, Big Big Spoon, uh, $1.99, shot time. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to take shots today. Uh, I haven't been feeling all that great for the last couple of days, and I haven't been sleeping all that well, so I don't think I'm going to take any shots. Um, in fact, I'm probably going to raid the fridge for some of the lower ABV beers that I have today. Um, just because I'd like to be able to sleep tonight. Uh, I know I have a certain reputation around here for, uh, you know, having the the liver of Rick Sanchez, but uh, boy, I do have my limits even still. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> like all the hashtag blame Jeff's going on. Um, uh, drinking a nice cold Coors Light. Uh, that's from uh, Harmon. Uh, Michael drinking a Dragon's Milk 2020 Reserve. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, Emil is, uh, drinking a Big Timber Brewing Company IPA Familiar F. Um, uh, Chinatown Underground from Full Circle from Revend. Uh, Skull is having a Deschutes Fresh, fresh Squeezed Old Fashioned. Excellent. I've had that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard, Pipeworks Brewing Lizard King with Mosaic Hopped, uh, a Mosaic Hopped Pale IPA. That sounds good. Mosaic's and, always tasty. Yeah. And, uh, Novella Hub, uh, Summit Brewing Union Series 2019 Imperial Russian Sap, 10.5%. Nice. Nice. We're bringing out some, uh, some heavy hitters tonight. Yeah. All right, Steve, I will give you the floor and I'll right. grab my beer. So I'm going to go, uh, crack open my IPA first. The, uh, Apocalypse Fatigue. Let me see. Mm, right away, I can tell it just smells absolutely delicious. And I got my uh, my favorite mug again, but I made it a little more festive this time. A nice little umbrella there. All right. Oh, you can just smell. Here, I'll let you listen. Here's the microphone. Be very quiet. You can hear the bubbles partying. There we go. All right. Jeff's back. I am back. I got my drink. 
<laughs> I am digging the umbrella. <laughs> hey, you know, very festive, Steve. Even even Skull's got a party sometime. That's right. Uh, um, so I do have a couple of matchlesses in my fridge, but I don't have them in this fridge. They're in my other beer oh, right. fridge. Oh, that one's very good. I'm turning into John. I have another beer fridge. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have John's gigantic beer fridge. No, I don't. The, but it's getting closer every day. The Titanic of beer fridge. Uh, this fridge can literally not fit another bottle right now. Oh, it's that well, packed. It huh? can fit one more because I just... You took one out, right. I yeah. took one out, right. Uh, so this one is uh, Vintil Series Vixen Irish Red. Oh, nice. Good uh, Irish Red. Uh, from uh, Old Bust Head Brewing uh in uh vint hill virginia mm-hmm. so uh my wife uh for my birthday signed me up for a craft beer of the month kind of series and this is uh one of the ones that i received from that uh so every month i've been receiving a 12 pack with four like a sampler pack of different beers from around the country um so uh this this month i got in this irish red i got a stout i got an ipa and i got a porter uh and so it's like Perfect mix, all, you know, what I'm hoping are, like, good examples of all of this. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Vintil Series Vixen Irish Red Ale from Old Bust Head Brewing. Old Bust Head. Old Bust Head. <laughs> Old Bust Head. Old yeah. Bust Head. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> right there. Old. There we go. Uh, great focus. Old Bust Head. <laughs> There's no way to mix that one up at all. Yeah. Old busted. Old busted. Old busted. Old busted. Old busted. Yeah. Mm. Smells mm. very, very malty, which I always like when I crack open a, a red. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Alex Dollar ninety nine uh, second, second beer fridge fund. Yes, you're gonna. Uh, need it. We're gonna need a third beer fridge. <laughs> I, I've commandeered the fridge out in the garage. It's about half full of beer. Right oh man, yeah. You gotta start drinking it. Yep. <laughs> Hop says uh, I need a beer fridge fund. Uh, Hops, you have like four beer fridges. Yeah, and that one giant one's not quite full yet. It's getting right. There. It's it's getting uh, more and more every time I stop by. I will say that. Um, not bad. I really like this. Yeah. Oh. It's it's the right amount of malty. It's the right amount of a little bit of a hop flavor on the back end, but not not real dank, not real grassy. Good. Nice. Yeah. Solid. No, mine's mine's quite excellent. It's it's got that nice hop bite to it. Very citrusy, but not. I mean, I'll see later because like sometimes these hazies kind of get that burn at the end. Um, but so far yeah. it's not too bad. I'm going to drink this one through a straw cause that umbrella is just kind of getting in the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's easier. get into, let's get into our first item, which is actually not a news item. Yes. I have a special unboxing today. Um, and that unboxing is from, uh, call him an old friend of the show. I think he's earned, earned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least he's uh, bought his way back into into good graces uh, yeah. after the after the court settlement M- mandated uh, by law. Yeah, m- yeah, court mandated. Uh, yeah. Bite my bits has sent me a care package, and I will be completely honest with you. I have no idea what's inside. Yeah. So you're gonna find out with me <laughs> what this, Jason this, sent. Me. This may turn into a not so family friendly show. We have no idea. Right. 
I did let him know it is a family friendly show. He does <laughs> know the show. He does watch it. Um, but uh, so I, I'm not expecting anything not family friendly. Um, I I'm half expecting like a gag gif. I'm also half expecting like a a like genuine like like here here is something really cool that you might like. Um, I have no idea. But the boxes are down here behind me, and they're massive. Uh, so one of these comes in a Synology NAS box, and the shipping weight on it was 50 pounds. And then the box underneath that is about twice the volume and probably about two-thirds the weight. So he sent me something quite substantial. Yeah. And I have no idea what. But uh, there are instructions on the box in which order to open them in. Um, the stream's going to get a little weird for a second because I need to share my screen with Steve and I'm going to be capturing my own screen capture. So all you're going to see is like the infinite mirror effect <laughs> in Steve's window here for a second, mm -hmm. but I'm going to switch over to my other camera. Um, and then I'm going to share this window with Steve. Um, so screen share and we are going to do, 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 do. Uh, window projector preview and share. Mm. So, oh, hold on. Mm. Uh, mm. Steve, do you see? Oh, that works good. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Steve, you're actually the defiant now. You're my desktop background. So, oh, okay. that works. <laughs> nice. That, that's perfect. That's, that's right. absolutely perfect. All right, uh, so let me get into the unboxing. I need to take my headphones off here for a second. So, I am completely mute to what Steve is saying. I'm not saying anything, so it, it, there we I'm go. I'm kidding. This box is legitimately 49 pounds. Uh, it is a a heavy, heavy box. All right. So let's Whoa. get into this thing. And there were instructions on the boxes. Uh, this one said open first. There's a lot of packing tape on, or a lot of packing material in here. Yeah, don't spill that beer while you're opening stuff. That would just suck. Oh, good lord. Um, so first and foremost, someone probably could have guessed. <laughs> I got a Bud Light Lemonade. But there is... Uh, how many stuffs are in here? Good lord. This is a full beer shipper. Is it all is it all bud light? Is it all bud? No, it's all craft beer. Oh nice. Wow. Like That's... legit, you... like they're all different. Wow. So <laughs> you're definitely gonna have to get a fridge now. Holy crap. Oh. <laughs> yeah, these are all different. Yeah. Horny goat peanut butter. Oh, yeah, I've had that one before. I have had that one, too. This is yeah. amazing, and they don't make it, it anymore because Tony Goat doesn't exist. No, they're gone. It's amazing. <laughs> I thought I would never get one of those again. Uh, uh, Wushok Wheat. Ooh, the uh, old uh, uh, Wichita State. Yeah. Uh, Big Tree IPA. Nice. There's some legit <laughs> good stuff in here. Um, there's a couple of bottles in here. Oh, wow. Look at that. The wax sealed one. Fancy. Uh, Oak and Orchard Sour Barrel Aged, uh, in oak barrels with fruit from Epic Brewing. It's a dark, Oh, yeah, it's an Epic. Okay. Uh, Dark Plum Aged in Whiskey Barrels. Nice. Wow. 
And then this is their uh, uh, cherry blackberry and black currant. Sounds uh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, w w when can we go back into the studio live again? <laughs> Holy crap. Holy crap. Um, I'm going to have to put up a, a list of like what all these beers are because there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight six packs plus two bottles. There's a lot wow. of beer in this box. Wow. Holy crap, dude. Oh, sorry. Plus one. Well, you have to drink that one on camera. Um, you know what? I will drink this on camera tonight. After I finish my Irish Red, I will drink a warm Bud Light lemonade. I think I think uh, Jason has earned that. I, I actually had the Bud Light lemonade. It's way better than the Bud Light Orange. That's why I'm willing to do it. Is but, yeah. Because I've heard it's better than Bud yeah, Light Orange. It's, it's, it's not great, but it is tolerable. Yeah. All right. There's a second box. So let me put this back down here again. Oh, you got to read the letter. There's a letter somewhere. Oh, you got to put it. Right. Shipping so guess... weight on this one was only 19 pounds. So he's so kind of slacking on this one. Big, big spoon is saying there's a letter out there you got to read. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Uh, okay. Dear Craft Computing. Um, uh, I'm happy to see that my settlement checks are going to a good cause. As per our settlement agreement, I have sent you two packages filled uh, with all the bottom grade uh, local hipster milk I could find on the clearance shelf at the nearest gas station. Turns out not many people drink this crap, so a few of them may be a little dusty, but I am 80% sure that most of them are COVID free. As you sip on the fruits of your labor, I want to think about all of the graphics cards I won't be able to purchase now, all of the CPUs I will miss out on, and all of the fuel I won't be able to put in my jet ski. In five years, when I am not driving uh, a... La when I am uh, not driving a lightest media group themed Lamborghini, I will think of you. So enjoy your milk and definitely don't choke on it. That would be bad. So bad. Hugs and kisses bite my bits. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Box number two. Well, thank two. you, Jason, for all of the hipster milk. Uh, yeah. Sure, he milked the hipsters himself. Okay. So a box within a box. Oh. Within a box. It's gonna be it's gonna be the world's worst tequila. It's gonna be it's gonna be tequila. Well, it's in a tequila it, box. It's gonna be a which... box it's gonna be a box of tequila and peppermint schnapps, your favorite oh, mixed oh, drink. God. <laughs> Oh, wow, there's more in here. Jeez. Uh, uh, oh, fudge. Oh, nice. is that, is that, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen that one before. Yeah. I haven't had it, but I've seen no, it. No, I haven't had it either. Yeah, there's, there's literally just more beer in here. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. It, this one's full of bottles. Wow, I need to get some kind of settlement with Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that settlement money is certainly. I'm gonna I'm gonna here. say right now that uh, that bite my bits uh, sexually harassed me, um, <laughs> but I would be willing to drop the charges if I get boxes of beer sent my way. No, no, no! Don't drop the charges. Drop well, I, oh, 
<laughs> don't you? We, no, okay. You know, here's out the thing. Here's the, I get, if I get boxes of beer like that, I, I will reciprocate. <laughs> reciprocate. Reciprocate. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, it's not too often I say this. Thank you, Jason. That was very thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me stop my screen share here. There we there go. We, I'm hey, back. back. Hey, I'm back. Look at that. It worked. <laughs> That was great. That was that was that was that was super nice of Jason. That was that's incredible. Yeah. It's it's the first sign of like the things we need to do. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. No. Seriously, that was uh, incredible. I I half expected something good. I half expected something bad. When I got a Synology box that was 50 pounds, I went, did he just like shuck a bunch of hard drives and yeah. put them in a box and ship them to me? Because that'd be pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I seriously did not expect like two complete boxes of beer. Uh, let alone, God, what is that? Eight times six, that's uh, math. 48 cans, 49 yeah. cans, 49 cans. So 51 beers in the first box and who knows how many bottles in the second box. That's not a small amount. That's not a small amount. Yeah. Um, so seriously, Jason, cheers. Um, and for those who don't know, the lawsuit was a joke. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, now number one, I, I was not privy to the lawsuit joke. Um, and, and as much as we troll each other uh, on online, uh, he he likes to troll me more than I like to troll him. Um, I, I like to troll him privately or in very subtle ways um, and, uh, and, and a little bit less public shaming. But uh, off camera, we are legit the best of friends. So, uh, so, but seriously, Jason, I still didn't expect two full boxes of beer. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. So you are forgiven for for the the craft T-shirt, uh, <laughs> kind of. Uh, the lawsuit is still pending for the stealing of set design uh, elements uh, that are copyright craft computing. Uh, he can copy. He can copy these elements in my background if he wants. Right. I, right. I'll, I'll I'll send them. Well, that's what he's trying to get away from. No, I think I think he I think he's gonna get more uh, subscribers with the whole disco look. I I, I believe. He's got to go all retro '70s bell bottoms. Got to get the mutton chops, disco lights, uh, roller I think, skates. I, I picture Jason more like 1982. More, oh, yeah. more like more like intro to parachute pants. Oh, that, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, like 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 '80s punk maybe. Yeah, 80, yeah. '80s '80s punk. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't a little know. bit of that uh, late disco, early metal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, that's what I picture Jason. Phase. Yeah. He's got the red leather, yeah. but he's also yeah. got like the... It's not disco, it's RGB. Yeah, it's got RGB in the back. <laughs> I RGB'd my room. Oh. Awesome. And Jason, if you stay watching this show, I will be true to my word. I will drink this on camera tonight. Yeah. I'm going to finish the go, Irish red first. Go put it Go put it in the freezer. I'm going to go put it in the freezer. To chill it, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Put it in the freezer. It's only like the eighth time he's had to get up and do something. There you go. While he's up there, you can get another cinnamon roll or something.
Uh, Jason says, uh, haha, my way of appreciating you taking the troll so well. That's $250 worth of random beers. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I legit, that's $250 worth of beer. Right. Uh, plus another 150 to ship it. Well, it's probably one of the best tax write-offs he's ever had. So I, I guarantee it's, it's a business expense, right? It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what's really fun about having a YouTube channel where you drink beer? Uh, your beer becomes a business expense. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a non-camera element and prop. It, it, all you have to do is eat all your meals in front of the camera, and then it's yeah. a business expense. Literally everything is a business expense. Just keep the camera on you 24-7, and everything you do in front of that camera, business expense. Not even then, because I do beer reviews as part of my channel. Yeah. And so I can drink beer and call it research. You Well, you can also your, – your liquor too, because <laughs> you do cocktails as well. Yeah. And so, that's part of it. Every single uh, thing that has ABV in it, I have written off since the beginning of this year. Uh, as of January 1st, 2020, I'm writing off all alcohol expenses because legit, I do use a lot of this on camera. Uh, less less so the liquor, but I actually want to get into doing maybe some some cocktail like recipes or kind of something like that, you know, uh, at the end of videos as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jason says $167 shipping. Wow. I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I nailed well, it. I, I know we we, we we kept wanting to send Claw some some beers too, but every yeah. time we like priced it out, it's like it was like ridiculous to ship that amount of beer to Norway. Right. And it ended up being more money to to ship it than the beer cost. So And yeah, Jason uh, says uh, this is going down as advertising to Uncle Sam. <laughs> as well it should. Um yeah. I gave you a shout out on channel. This is this is basically like a sponsorship. So so Novella Hub's asking if if I'm growing my hair out to John's length. Uh, no, uh, it's just I haven't. I, I can't get a haircut. That's right. that's the only reason. I just I can't get a haircut. Um, so I'm just I, I got a haircut literally the last day possible. I, right. I got a haircut the day before they closed uh, all the barbers in Oregon. No, I was like um, a, I was like a month and a half bef uh, prior to getting a haircut. Yeah, they closed everything down. So yeah, I was, I was I already getting shaggy. I got a haircut on March 12th and yeah. I'm already starting to get like shaggier than mm -hmm. I like to be. Like it's starting to hit my ears and it's starting to curl yeah. like on the sides right yeah. there. And that's the point when it's like, okay, I need to go get a haircut. Um, if it goes another couple of weeks, I'm probably just going to shave it. Yeah. So like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not touching the beard. I'm not yeah. touching the beard until we're out of quarantine. I, I'm done shaving my face. Yeah. And you let it uh, go. But, uh, but I think I'm going to rock the inverse for a while. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Are you gonna do? Are you gonna do like the uh, just the uh, marine cut? Or are you gonna do like uh, full on? Uh, Professor oh no, I'm gonna X? take a razor to it. Oh, right. okay. Going, you can do. I'm going chrome. Professor. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I did. If I, I, if did I that, do it, I'm going all the way. I did that once for a Halloween costume, and that was that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bite my pits and craft besties on his new quad. <laughs> That's okay, but Jason's got a ride, bitch. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, in this relationship, uh, he's the big, big spin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get into a little bit of beer news. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go do some uh, beer news. Let's, let's see if we can rocket through these and finally get into some tech news. Right. Um, right. So right. <clears throat> the very first beer news, if you don't mind me introducing this one, go for it. So we talked before about, uh, some virtual, beer festivals right and uh the one that we were talking about last time we were a little skeptical about because they didn't release 
their uh, beer list, basically. And I was still kind of like uh, going back and forth before they sold out of tickets. Should I do it? Should I not do it? And I ultimately did not do it. And I think John ultimately did not do it either. Yeah. And so uh, uh, kind of a good thing because the beer selection that they had ended up not being very impressive. It was pretty lackluster. Yes. Once, once I saw the beer collection or the beer selection that came out, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't pay like 70 bucks to, to have all this shipped and whatnot. Cause it's like, it's stuff that I can pick up at safe. Yeah. They were, there's like bat squatch from rogue, which has like been selling in stores for like ever and stuff like that. It was was like pretty lame stuff. Bat squatch is one of the legit, one of the first craft beers that I had like 15 years ago. Yeah. So it's it's nothing new. I yeah, mean, it's not. It's been around for a long time. It's it's like it wasn't Rogue Dead Guy, but it was the next yeah like, standard yeah, yeah. that they have. And, yeah. and and so that was a lot of what was coming out. Like it wasn't like Deschutes, uh, you know, Black Butte Porter, but it was their their Obsidian Stout. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's another virtual uh, brew festival that's coming out, and it's from one of our favorite apps that we like to use, Untapped. So Untapped. Yes, Untapped is uh, they're making a virtual beer festival 2020. This one is got a better beer selection. They're being very upfront about what their beer selection is, but it's a lot more expensive. It is, yes. I think, $90. Yeah. and it, it, But because of the beer selection and because we know how much it costs to ship, ship beer. that much, yeah. It's actually not a terrible not that bad. It, it, once it, you price it out. Yeah, it comes down to about 10 bucks a beer, but when you include that with shipping, that's not too bad because you get some additional things with it. Uh, of course, you get access to their stream, which gives you um, uh, panels you can go listen to and talk, Zoom panels just like this right here. Um, the it's also goes to charity. It goes to the uh, restaurant Strong Fund, which is supposed to help, you know, the out-of-week restaurateurs who are out during this uh, lockdown um and it's open to just about every single state in the united states pretty much um so they'll ship everywhere um and uh they they have a good variety they got loggers they got northeast ipas they got ipas uh they got uh imperials ipas they got uh, stouts imperial stouts in fact there's one by decadent Banana, banana and macadamia fudge cake. That sounds actually good. I might even just pick that up for that one. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is a little expensive, but it looks like they, they got an actual decent beer selection this time. And they're starting it, uh, I believe, on June. June mm-hmm. June 13th and June 14th. They're yeah. doing two days. So, yeah, check it out. See if you want to do it. I don't, I don't know if I'll do it either. It's, it's a bit steep, but maybe I'll split it with John or something like that. Right. We can do it um, yeah, it's really not the most unique collection of beers no. that's out there. But at the same time, it's not a bad selection, especially yeah. if you haven't been able to get out and buy beer lately. Right. Um, especially if you're people like us who love to buy, you know, rather than a, a six or a 12 pack of one, one, uh, one brewery, get a dozen bottles from a dozen different breweries. Yeah. Um, cause that, that's how I buy beer. I, I go and I buy a bomber or a, or a, a 16 ounce of whatever beer looks good. And then I do that 12 times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I looked at that. Like they had pseudo Sue in there, which I mean, is a good hazy, but mm-hmm. that's, that stuff's, that's pretty much prevalent everywhere now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it used to be a super special beer kind of still is, but kind of still is, kind of still is. 
I've I've even seen it in a couple of the specialty shops around here. Yes, so it yes, is I starting to, to come yeah. out this yeah, way. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it at John's Marketplace. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Capital Market had some uh, not long ago. As oh, well. did they? Okay. Yeah. Two yeah, best that's... beer stores in Oregon. Yeah, I know. It's like... <laughs> well, that's where that's where I went. I went to uh, I went to John's Marketplace this last weekend, and I had the because I, I like. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so uh, we're talking. They're we're talking about beer shipping in yeah. in there, and uh, I did ship a couple of bottles of wine allegedly. Yeah. Uh, last week, and it cost me thirty bucks to ship two bottles. Oh wow. Um, it it was quite expensive for for the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, Apparently, Jason shipped uh, a box to me the first time via FedEx, and he shipped it in the tequila box. And apparently FedEx, it got halfway there, and FedEx went, no, 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 you can't ship alcohol. And so they sent it back. So we had to put it inside another box and then ship it via UPS (laughs) because FedEx wouldn't take it. (laughs) That's funny. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've received a, a good number of beer shipments over the last couple of years that I've been doing this. And I, and I've heard stories of people who, uh, had no problem whatsoever. And I've also heard stories about people yeah. who, uh, there was one guy, I forget who it was. There was one of my Michigan followers who was going around to different stores, uh, trying to, to get, uh, beer shipped out to me. And by the time he hit the third store, Someone at that third store called every shipping center around them and told them someone is coming. He looks like this and he's trying to ship a box full of beer. Deny it. And so he's literally been blacklisted from trying to ship anything out of his state because he tried to send me beer. So now, now he can't ship anything out anymore. Right. He's gonna try. He's going to try shipping his nieces and nephews some toys and be like it. I think this is beer. This like, guy. It's a teddy bear, I swear. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Bite My Bits went to UPS and they they asked him to declare what was in it. And he goes, it's full of olive oil. <laughs> That's awesome. It's full, it's full of the olive oil. It's olive oil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I usually tell him it's yeast samples in suspension. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Schrodinger's brew. It may be beer. I don't know. No. You got to open it until you, you don't know until you open it. That's right. All right. Uh, moving right along here. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Steve, I don't know if you've ever worked in uh, in the OPSEC kind nope. of division kind of things. Nope. I've, I've dabbled very lightly in it, mm-hmm. in, in a little bit of like white hat espionage yep. kind of thing where I need to track someone for a company that says this, we have an employee stealing from us or this or that. And can you, track their location yeah. can you um what are they getting access to how are they doing it etc right. um and i've had to work with law enforcement on a couple different issues as well right. um without going into very many details um but uh there's an interesting new concept that's come around and this has been something that's been around you know since the beginning of of hacking mm-hmm. and that's the idea of number one social engineering but number two using the information that people make publicly available to track other elements that wouldn't ordinarily be visible to the public. Right. And one of those is military locations and yes. military like uh, deployments. Yes. And apparently uh, people are finding out that you can track different branches of the U.S. military and other foreign national militaries and intelligence agencies by tracking who and where tra- uh, uh, scans things in 
on untapped. Yes, they're using untapped to track military people. So yeah. they, they, they're, they're warning them not to use untapped anymore. Right. Uh, because they're, they're, even though that untapped, you have to voluntarily tell them where your location is, they're voluntarily giving it up. And because there's the picture feature, they're taking pictures of their beer, which you know typically is just on a table or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's also stuff in the background, like they can see vehicles in the background. They can, I think, at one point they saw like actual documents, top secret documents that were taken yeah. with their beer. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Stop it. You can't do Enjoying that. Enjoying this wonderful stout right yeah, now. Double like, stamp top secret. I'm, I'm, drinking, I'm drinking top secret. The top secret IPA. Look at this. <laughs> but but no, this has been a real thing for a number of years. Uh, I mean, as long as there's been, we'll just call it social media. Yeah. Uh, there has been people using social media, not just to track the people, but to track organizations and uh, and and the flow of information. Um, because people, in their professional sense, might be very very security conscious. Whereas in their private sense, they may let it go lax a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, there, there's all kinds of things in here. There's, uh, there's examples in here of uh, unique visitors seen in Europe, North America, and the Middle East. The military can be found in locations as varied as uh, Greenland and North or, and South Korea, mm-hmm. and they can track those people who they know have uh, basically taken pictures or uploaded information that you know identify them as military personnel. And all of a sudden, this person has moved from Greenland to South Korea, and and then that person all of a sudden is tracked is like logging in once in like the middle of yeah. Pakistan or something like yeah. that, and they and go, they, oh, they have a base right yeah. here. Are they here? Are they are they can track deployments? It's like okay, there's right. a deployment going on over here because he used to be over here, but now he's over there. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's a very interesting article. Uh, I mean, we won't go into it now, but um, it's kind of it's kind of a a fascinating thing, and and you can read just about all these different slip ups that people have done and how you can track all kinds of different glean, all kinds of different information from just the beer that you're checking in. It's pretty neat and pretty scary at the same time. I mean, I'm just enjoying a beer and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, going to get bombed by a, by a drone. All right. Need some click bitty thumbnails. Yep. And last but not least, uh, Natty Light is giving you free beer for life if you simply file your taxes. Oh no, not for life. <laughs> Thank you. That not for life. Oh, just giving just, you free beer if you file. If your you taxes. file your taxes. So I don't know why I put in for life there. I, that, that would be a dumb because everybody has to file their taxes. They'd be right. giving everybody free I, beer for life. I literally just read the title, <laughs> and for some reason, the the if you. Tr- you know yeah 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 uh, spun around in my in my yeah. brain to for life i who knows yeah, but but who craft knows? computing said i was for life yeah <laughs> no they're just they're 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 craft computing makes no claims on behalf of natty light or the, <laughs> the organizations there too so yeah basically uh uh you know because of the extension and everything like that um they're doing a promotion through tax act which is a online tax preparing service and if you file through them, uh, they and then I guess if you fill out some kind of form, uh, basically they'll give you a, a rebate that you can go in and turn in and, and buy whatever type of Natty Light 
or natty beer that you like. Yeah, unfortunately, you, can, you only get natty light. Yeah, well, no, you get you can <laughs> or you get, get any natty beer, any kind of natty beer. It's un, unfortunate yeah. it's natty. You can get natter days, which is you know probably the worst thing I guess you can. Find. I don't know if you want to get your wife drunk or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a free beer is free beer for just filing your taxes. You just got to switch to the tax act service. I don't know if it's any good. I haven't ever used it, but maybe it's enough to draw you to get some free beer. Who knows? Yep. Especially somebody who's just like, ah, you know, I'm just going to do the basic, basic tax filing. Yeah. And then I can get some free beer. I, I think I'm still going to pass. I, I, I am too. But I, think I thought it pass. was, I thought it was an interesting way of getting people to use your service. It's like, well, we'll give you free beer. Right. I would I would have chose better beer to offer first, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got the whole and you know Anheuser Busch catalog yeah. available to you. Why don't you pick Natter Day? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think there's too uh, many frat boys that are filing their taxes or pay attention to filing their taxes. But yeah, yep. hmm. man, drinking a beer with a straw, it kind of goes faster. Yeah, I drink it faster this way. Yep, well, I'm almost, I'm almost done with mine. You're almost done. With, okay, then, then it's not. We're on. We're on. We're on pace here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Remember, it's already eight forty. Which, by the way, I think yeah. this is the longest we've ever taken to get to to tech news. But right. we did it have. Has, a, we did. We did have the 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 unboxing. Yeah. 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 But here is tech news. Actually, I wanted to talk about one more beer thing, and we didn't put it in. Oh, what was that? Uh, that was the uh, the USA Today article, the the op ed piece about should we re-explore uh, prohibition laws. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of skimmed through that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything of, of note that you really want to talk about or if you want to talk about on the back end. I think the biggest, the, the reason I bring it back up is mm-hmm. because all of a sudden in chat, we got a whole bunch of like, how do you ship beer? Oh, right. Because it's illegal to ship beer. Yeah, I know. And that's ridiculous. That, that shouldn't be. Right. And, it's, and it's one of those old prohibition laws is like, why can't we? <laughs> right. So USA Today posted an op-ed article that says um, prohibition was a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know it, it ended in what nineteen thirty-three, something it, like that. So that's yeah, close it, to hundred years. Nineteen nineteen to nineteen, you know, thirty-three yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I, I I know I'm off by a couple of years, but it's close. Yeah. Um. But basically, alcohol was illegal. It was a controlled mm-hmm. substance. Um. You could still get it from a doctor. So if you got a prescription, you could get alcohol, but yeah. you weren't allowed to make your alcohol unless you followed very strict guidelines and had licenses and everything else beyond even what we do today. Um, because it was basically for medical or research purposes, not for, you know, Jack Daniels making whiskey. I, I, I kind of wonder what, how that, how did that work? They gave you a license to, to consume alcohol for medical purposes. Uh-huh. So... Well, think about we gave people a license to, you know, consume no, no, medical I under, marijuana. I, under, for I understand that. Years. I understand that. But like, do you like just? Oh, well, God, I want to. I want to. I want some fifteen-year-old scotch or something like that. My my body needs well, you, it. I, you know. Well, I, remember, I, scotch is a is a Scotland thing. We're talking just in the U.S. No, no, I, and, I understand and so that. All of a sudden, but, your American distilleries and, and brewers or were, whiskey were or whatever, you up. know, like some high-end whiskeys. Like, what did right. they give them? There's so many different varieties. Even at Winston the time. Churchill. Winston Churchill had a prescription. Yeah, for so, cognac. Yeah. So when he came into the United right. States. They were required to give him cognac. Right, right. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. So that was, that's the thing. It's like, um, okay, so it's prescribed. I don't understand 
any medical reason for alcohol, but well, remember cocaine was in Coca-Cola, not that long. I, I, I know it so was this was, like, this was a hundred years ago. It's not that far fetched. And, and if right. you're thinking about like modern terms, well, we've had mar- medical marijuana for the last 30 years. No, I mean, medical and, marijuana makes sense because you know, marijuana is well, so cocaine different, at different some things. point. <laughs> well, cocaine, you can get over the counter at that point. That was right. Um, but, but you, you see my point yeah. where it, it's less social norm or it's more social norms than it is medicinal effects or what's, you know, needed or what's, what's expected at the time. Because, you know, you ask someone in 1985 and marijuana was the root of all evil. You ask someone today and it's like, whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. Who cares? Um, And, and, you know, that was ingrained in society. And, and a lot of that also came from prohibition. Um, a, A lot of that, that mindset and a lot of the, a lot of the stigma around alcohol still exists in the United States because of prohibition. Mm. Um, we still have dry counties. We still have dry counties. Yeah, we still uh, have dry counties. Th- there's, there's a couple dry counties in Oregon. There, yeah. There's, uh, I know there are up in, in Alaska. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a weird, it's a weird stigma. I, there's a stigma on my channel because I, I consume alcohol. Yeah. I consume it very responsibly, I think, especially in my main videos. There's well, been a couple talking heads where it's gotten a little We can't go anywhere now. We're just going to pass out drunk if we drink too much anyway. But, but, but talking heads aside, like, yeah. look at my main videos. Yeah. People, people see me drinking a beer over the course of right. two hours filming yeah. a video. Yeah. And I get called an alcoholic daily. Yeah. Like, there is such a stigma around enjoying a beer that, and that, that exists because prohibition was a thing. Is is there still a negative stigma around drinking culture? Um, I don't drink to get drunk. I I get drunk maybe five times a year. Yeah, like legit. Um, I only get drunk on Wednesday nights. Um, <laughs> I think four of them are on Wednesday nights. <laughs> yeah. After um, this, I just I just hit the bottle right off. The, I just hit it. No. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like one of the parts of my show that I wanted to, to promote is not just I'm on camera drinking. It's that I'm on camera drinking responsibly. I'm, I'm an enthusiast in both computers yeah. and in drinking, but yeah. I'm, I'm an enthusiast because I love the craft of oh, the yeah. beer or oh, the yeah. cocktail or the spirit. Well, less I mean, of like, I just want to get drunk because that's, that's you can part do of that my, with a Bud Light lemonade. That's part of my original question. So like if a doctor did prescribe you alcohol did mm-hmm. you just get like vodka or could you pick like ah, i want a nice gin or you know can i have like a, that's a, a great question can i get uh, a 15 year old whiskey because you said winston churchill, churchill had cognac but of course had, he was a, also a diplomat so to be fair he probably had you know privileges and stuff whatever like he wanted right? whatever he wanted yes he um Churchill. but no uh so i i think it may have been a specific prescription to to a particular spirit um, and then whatever was available through the medical yeah. channels at that time. And then, um, you know, you just, you just go off and like, okay, doc, I want, I want a 15 year old whiskey this time you go home, you polish it off. It's like, I, I think we have to adjust my prescription. I think a there. gin would work better. But, <laughs> but a... the, the, the reason I was, I was intrigued by this, this, this op-ed piece in USA Today is they're saying, um, that prohibition was a hundred years ago and, the the spread of COVID right now is showing us that our entire uh, alcohol legal system mm-hmm. needs to be reevaluated because all of a sudden yeah. in the face of a pandemic, I can get beer delivered to my house now. Yes, and and that's that was like a 
it was even in Oregon, which has pretty liberal beer. Leagues, yeah. Oh like, yeah. Like we're we're pretty pretty free and relaxed. Yeah. There's still uh, a two a.m. to seven a.m. Uh, moratorium on selling any alcoholic beverages. You yeah. cannot sell beer, alcohol, wine, liquor, anything, both pre-mixed in a in a restaurant or bar or yeah. at the store. So a twenty-four hour convenience store cannot sell you a bottle of of whatever at between the night. hours of two yeah. and seven. Yeah. There's a five-hour period where you cannot buy beer anywhere in yeah. Oregon. Well, and that's the stupidest thing ever. I, I, it's neat. I, I haven't really run it. I mean, maybe I, you've run into that problem. I've never run into that problem. If I'm going to go... I've buy, never ran into the problem, but why does that law exist? And, and that's kind of my point. They're like, go home and go to bed already. <laughs> I think it's what they're saying. It's like... <laughs> but, but why no, I, I understand. are they picking I get what you're two saying. and seven? Because I, if I work swing shift and I get off at 2.30 yeah, in the yeah, morning, yeah, yeah. I might like to swing by 7-Eleven and buy myself a beer. Yeah, yeah. And I've been in that position where I, it's like I'm driving, my, I'm driving home and it's 3 in the morning you have and to, I don't have any beer at home and it's like I, I just want to you know, grab a... a you know, bomber a Hefeweizen or something and enjoy a beer at seven in the morning. I, I don't, breakfast. I don't think, I don't think your local Seven Eleven will probably even do that. They'll probably sell it to you. The registers disallow the sale. Oh, does it really? If you, yeah. I've uh, never tried it. So I was, I, I used to work at, at, at uh, I'll, I'll give a little history here. I used to work at Walmart. I was yeah. a, I was a, uh, an associate at Walmart. And, uh, and yeah, if we tried to scan an alcoholic beverage between two and seven, it would mm -hmm. disallow the sale. It, it would not sell really? the item. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, I think a lot of people work that way because the penalties are very, very severe for, for breaking this. Um, and, uh, like the tens of thousands of dollars instantly for like one violation. Yeah. Um, and so businesses are very hardcore about, you can't do that. It was probably somebody whose neighbor just partied it up until like three in the morning. And he's like, I'm going to put a stop to this. And he ran for office, got into the right. legislator, created but, a law. Then he went home and went to bed. Right, but outside of these dry hours yeah, uh, yeah. of two to seven in Oregon, um, you can't uh, in the state of Oregon you can't ship liquor. You can receive a shipment yes. for liquor but from another state. I, I can't ship it to you. Like you I can't, can't ship it to me. I can't even ship it to and, you. And and even some some uh, businesses with liquor licenses, there's a special liquor license required to yeah. ship liquor to an end user, yeah. even though there's laws on the books that state that the recipient of that has to be 21 and older and, and the post carrier has to sign off on that. It's, I, it's a signature required thing. I like how you called them the end user. <laughs> like, Just, I know the terms that I know. End of line. Right. Um, but, but it's like, I, and I understand from like the receiving standpoint, you still have to, yeah. to accept that the person receiving that is over 21, but at the same time, why can't I send you liquor i can drive it to your house right yeah personally hand it to you with no verification whatsoever but i can't mail you a bottle of, of whiskey right um and and you go into even even more laws around uh how you produce alcohol yeah. um and and let's talk about like the home brewing scene for a minute because this is one that's always infuriated me yeah um you can brew alcohol you can brew beer at home you can brew beer yep you can make your own wine yep you can make your own meat yep you can uh, give me some others. Give me some others that are legal to do. At well, home. technically, you can distill your own spirits in Oregon, but it's only under a certain amount. Nope. Uh, nope. Uh, I believe nope. so. I Federally believe so. illegal. And no, I think in Oregon because the state federally illegal. I remember going to F.H. Steinbart's, which is a local brew supply place in Portland, mm -hmm. 
they had steins that you can buy there, like you like, like pre-made stein. steins. Right. And and I talked or to the still. guy, and uh, still, still, sorry, sorry, yeah. still. But and I talked to the guy. And he's like, yeah, as long as you keep it under a certain amount that you no. produce. No. I've had friends who've produced. Or, Oregon law is uh, it follows the federal law, which is zero. You okay. cannot you cannot distill a spirit for consumption. If that's true, However, then I've known several people who have violated that law, and oh, no one. So do I. It. Yeah, I have a bottle it. on my shelf right now. Yeah. I'm not going to open it on camera, mm-hmm. but I have a bottle on my shelf right now. Yeah. That is that is homemade, you know, apple brandy, um, and and I know a guy who brews or distills on whiskey. But the thing is, the only thing that, that distinguishes a spirit from a beer is that you're distilling it. During the brewing process, you're still boiling to condense down your alcohol level. It's just I can't capture the steam and call that my drink. Yeah. Like Well, there's there's other methodologies <laughs> of actually of actually uh distilling liquor. Uh, you you yeah, can do uh, you can do the, the ice method where you put it freeze in the freezer. Dis- freeze distillation. Freeze distillation. That's federally yeah. illegal. Well, yeah, how, how, how are they going to enforce that, though? There's no way they, they can enforce can't. that. They and can't. That's enforce the point. It. Everybody's got a freezer in their house. Um, unless I uh, – technically, if I take a bottle of vodka and I put it in my freezer and I've got a freezer that can go down to negative 30 so I can freeze yeah. the remaining water out of solution and I've made a stronger vodka, I have broken federal law. Well, see, that doesn't – If fed, I consume it at fed, that level. Federal law and state law is like states state laws as long as it doesn't – but but the distillation law in states follows the federal law because they get tax money based on to... the fact that they follow that distillation law. Mm. They do. And and but why are we making a distinction that you can do all of these other things to make all your own alcohol, but all of a sudden if you distill it, you're you're violating federal law. Well, all you have to do now is say you're making it for hand sanitizer and they'll allow it. Right. And and uh, and the thing is, you can buy a distiller because yeah. you can distill your your own essential oils, oh, you, can, you can make hand sanitizer, you, you can, can yeah, you, you can just anything. can't consume the end product. Yeah. That that's the that's the the law. You can't yeah, consume a distilled product that you produced yourself. However, if I uh, use distillation in a beer making process and then I include it in the beer, that's totally legal. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it's like this whole like, why does this law exist and why does it enforced and where did it come from? It comes from prohibition. And and this op-ed piece was really interesting because it it kind of bring the the whole COVID situation brings to light how asinine some of these laws are for for this whole process because they've disallowed certain elements of you know the alcohol making process without special licensure when there's legit no reason for it. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason in the world I shouldn't be able to distill a whiskey in my kitchen, mm-hmm. but it's against the law. Yeah, but I can make a beer, I can make a mead, I can make a wine, I can fortify my wine, I can barrel age my beers, I can yeah. I can take a pre made pre made uh, distilled whiskey and add it to my beer. And oh yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's all 100 legal. Yeah, yeah. But the second I light a fire under it and I capture the distillate, yeah, I have violated federal law unless I have a license. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are ways you can probably screw up with with mm-hmm. distilling and totally yeah. botch it and make some yeah. poison. Um, yeah, uh, Scott points out you need a federal per- permit to distill, and again, that is a federal regulation because uh, the FDA um, and and ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearm, they have federal jurisdiction over the production of alcohol, and so that that goes above and beyond what the states can control because there are some things the feds can control, there are other things that the states can control. Alcohol is a federally regulated uh, uh, supply, 
And so Oregon can't make special laws that say, yes, you can distill your own liquor beyond, you know, under a certain amount, or you can only do this. You can, uh, AT, ATF takes jurisdiction over that. Oregon can't subvert that law. Well, now I think, they have I think, in the case of marijuana because it's still federally illegal, well, but, but Oregon get, has decriminalized it within their own state. They've so decriminalized it. You. So that's, that's why most, um, most dispensaries you go to around here, you can't use like an ATM that goes through a federal bank. Right. You have to use cash. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few of them that, that go through local credit unions. Yes. And then that's okay. You can, yep. you can use your credit card then. And, and again, or it's you're not because, your credit card. You can use your debit card. You can't use a credit right. card because credit card It's goes because federal. the banks are also federally regulated. Yeah. And if you use federal uh, federal resources for an item that is a controlled substance, that is a violation of federal yeah. law. And so, yeah, we can we can buy mar- uh, marijuana at any store. There's one like a mile and a half from my house. Um, in fact, uh, my local grocery store now sells CBD. It, it's it's full of uh, of CBD elements. Yeah. Um, but uh, you cannot make a purchase of any of that that goes through a federal, federally controlled bank. It has to be a a uh, an independent credit union or independent you know financial institution. Right. Um, but yeah, it's again the situation is bringing out why why does this work this way? Yeah, we should change it because it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a high priority in most people's. It's like, it, it's I mean, it is now, it is now because right. a lot of people stuck at home, but most states have all considered um, liquor and liquor stores to be essential. Mm-hmm. So, right. may, yeah, I don't know, because okay. they're, they're, they're highly taxed is yeah. the reason. Well, they are highly taxed, but I can make a beer with buying no taxed elements. Yes, yes. I can make a mead by buying no taxed elements. Right, but most people don't want to go through that whole process. It's like they're going to go to the store and just buy some beer. You're I, did, go, I bought a, I made a beer during Oregon Oregon doesn't have a sales tax. No, and they don't. so they don't. we're buying things tax free from from that. Now, obviously the the business is paying sales tax on right. that. But it's not like if I go and and buy, you know, 100 pounds of barley and and I make a beer with it. Well, that's one thing. But if I distill that barley into a whiskey, well, that's that's another. Well, I pay yeah. taxes on the raw product. Yeah. So so again, that argument is is null and void. And oh, and as and as a home I, brewer and distiller, you don't I'm pay talking, taxes this, on what this you produce. Still, anyway. Distilled liquor in Oregon is higher is taxed higher. Not uh, at, beer beer at not sales. so much at sales. Yeah. At sales. At right. sales. So they, that's but, why they want you to buy it there, not make your own. Right, and and that's true. But the home brewer doesn't pay anything on beer that they produce. No, so they, why would they, they pay they anything don't. for a speed that they produce? Well, it's not like a home distiller is all of a sudden not going to buy. Yeah, and you don't you don't pay extra on hops anymore. or yeast or barley or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And so, why are these laws like that? And and that's again, it's just a question. Well, it's because <laughs> and, most people just go out and buy the beer, and like you said, right. the, there's the craft to it too. There's there's, I can't make, like. I can't make a bourbon barrel aged, mm-hmm. you know, beer and make it taste as good as say like, you know, mother of all storms or something like mm-hmm. that. I can't from home. It's right. very, very hard to do. So I'm still going to go out and buy that thing. That's not going to stop me from wanting to go out and make my own beer and try to make something good. I'll still do that too. Yep. Oh, you got another one. Uh, you got to do the. You got to do the lemonade. All right. I'm going to get mine. I think I'm going to do the, uh, my German beer, my prior eight. 
Ah, let's see. This should be a nice multi. Oh yeah. German beer. Looks delicious, smells super malty. Very, very carbonated. I'm gonna let that go down. All right, it's Bud Light Lemonade time. Bud Light Lemonade time. I, I'm afraid to make myself go full screen in this one. I, I, I hate this picture, so there we go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we do have a couple super chats. Uh, Mikey Boo, uh, $2 Canadian, wondering if I can ship beer from Canada. Um, we have received international beer shipments, allegedly. Yes, allegedly. I cannot tell you how. I cannot tell you in what method, because that's also federally illegal. Uh, it's illegal in your country. It's illegal in my country. Yeah. Um, but it's been done. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think Canada is one of the harder ones to get out of. It is. It is. Because yeah. um, I've had a number of people. Now, you can use shipping agents, so you can you can find someone who travels to the U.S. and then can ship out of the right. U.S. to someone else in the U.S. You, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've, I've done that with a couple of people in Canada before. You just got to get somebody who's, like, close to Buffalo or something, just a little north of Buffalo, yeah. New York, or something like that. Cause that's Buffalo, Spokane. Spokane. Yeah, someplace, some people, they're, they're close to the border. They yeah. can just drive over and then ship it from the U.S. to you. Yep. Uh, exactly. Not not that it's legal, but not that it's legal, but it's a little bit easier at that point. <laughs> yeah, because they don't they don't. It's less illegal. Less illegal. Yeah. How's that? Slightly less illegal. Yes. Um. Let's see. Uh, PCR uh, PT plants. Uh, planet. Uh, Bud Light Lime Money. Oof. No. Yeah. All right. And the shotgun that Bud Light Lemonade developer says. <laughs> Now you have to pour it out into a nice clear glass so you can comment on the color too. Do I have to comment on the color? Yeah, you have to comment on the color. I'm just gonna drink this so I can prove I'm drinking the Bud Light lemonade. Okay, well, you, it, you no one's take, going to believe. You me. could take a sip, but then you gotta pour it into a glass. You have to okay. like, you have to, you have Come to on. analyze it. Fancy here. You have to analyze it like a pro. You're professional now. Not quite as cold as I would like it. Yeah. Um. I have to say, I kind of agree with John. This is not bad. No, I, I, it's not really bad. Really not bad. It's it's tolerable. It's up there with like a Bud Light Lime. Um, I put this well above a Bud Light Lime. Do you really think so? Um, this is this to me is crossing from like bad domestic into like moderately good malt. Um, in 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 so, hear me out. I do enjoy a, a Mike's Hard Lemonade or a Raspberry yeah, Lemonade yeah. Or, or things like that. That's what it reminded um, me of. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and so I do enjoy those things because they don't really taste all that artificial. They're very sweet, yeah. but they're not like this weird, like, um, that I get from a lot of Bud Light kind of stuff, you know? Uh, and, yeah. and I, in everything Bud and Bud Light I've ever had, it's always this ricey kind of yeah yeah off-putting there there's a weird aftertaste that's just horrible and i don't i i honestly don't know how people enjoy it i don't yeah and and, and i know that's a subjective thing but it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it it to me it's that bad um it, everyone likes their own thing you know uh steve i know you're a huge fan of thai food you know and, oh, i and, like thai food 
Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not the biggest fan of Thai food or, or curry or, you know, you know, you go down oh, yeah. the list of, of things that, that are sushi. You go down this yeah. and that of things that are very polarizing of like, how do you eat that? And you're like, this is my favorite thing ever. Taste is very subjective. Yeah. It to is. me, a Bud Light is one of the, like, I don't dislike the very front of the flavor. I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. It's very lemon, lemony. Yes. I, I'm not. I'm not talking about the lemonade. I'm talking about like Bud Light in oh, general. Oh, just Bud Light. I in don't general. dislike yes. like the first like second right. that it's that it's in my mouth. But the longer it's there, the worse it gets, and then it is such an off-putting aftertaste. Yeah. I don't fathom. I cannot fathom how people enjoy it. That's how much I dislike it. That's why they started putting fruit flavors in it. Right. Yeah. This. I would drink this. Yeah. I would totally drink this. Yeah. I think, I think that, cause like for a while. And I'm the, not just saying that for, the hard, for Jason's sake. The I hard, would totally drink this. The hard lemonades have been, they were popular for a long time. And mm-hmm. then they kind of, I don't think they're as popular anymore. Uh, I, I think the ciders have kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They in, kind of come know. and take that place. Right. Uh, and and of course the the alcoholic seltzers have, have taken that place too. But yeah, at one the, point the seltzers time, are, are really big. But I, yeah. I think the ciders, more than anything else, right. have displaced a lot of that inexpensive malt liquor kind of category. Where but it was yeah, the... speaking speaking of archaic alcohol laws, the reason why those hard lemonades were able to get into supermarkets and stores like that is because they were malt liquor at their base. They were a yep. malt derived alcohol. Yep. So they can be sold in stores everywhere. And yep. that's essentially what you're drinking right now is just a hard lemonade with yeah. a Bud Light label. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is not unpleasant at all. No, it's not bad. Um, I mean, it's certainly not the best thing I've ever drank. It doesn't make me think about it. But it tastes like lemonade and a little bit of alcohol. And uh, John said he got a little bit of rice. This is not even as cold as I would like to drink this, and I'm not getting that at all. Yeah. There's yeah, no bad up. aftertaste in this. Yeah. There's a Linen Kugel versus Bud Light Lime. Or Bud Light Lemonade. Linen Kugel with a Rattler. Uh Linen Kugel Rattler's hard to beat. Yeah, that's pr- for well, like a summertime, like yeah. yes. Because that's different. Rattlers yeah. are beer with juice with added. Soda it, and yeah, juice. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Soda yeah. and juice. So it's like it's like it's lower ABV, but a lot more refreshing. I, I, I Some Rattlers get up in the four, four and a half range still. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's not uncommon to, to get a Rattler up there with well, like a grapefruit kind of thing. I went up when I went up to John's Marketplace. I was looking for beers for my wife too, and I found a Peach Bellini Rattler up there, mm-hmm. which I thought would be interesting. So Ooh. I grabbed that. We'll see how that is. Yeah, Peach Bellini. And see, Civil. I I started mentioning foods, and Civil goes mm, curry. See, I like. Oh yeah. Can't stand it. I love all kinds Can't of things. Well, we also we also on the Discord channel, on the ten forward ten forward channel where we talk about beer and liquor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We also talk about food and hot sauces, which is one of my favorite things too. That was one of the things I got when I went to um, John's Marketplace. I asked them if they were selling any hot sauces around there, and I found the world's most sketchiest looking bottle of hot sauce ever. The label on the outside of this thing literally looked like someone took a photocopy of a fax and put it on some, you know, just some Avery stickers and then slapped it over the top because, I mean, you could, they didn't even do a very good job because there was like wrinkles in the label and everything like that. It was it was not put on there well. Yeah. 
it was called vampire poison and it was uh it was and it was a fermented uh, uh hot sauce it wasn't a vinegar based hot sauce it was fermented mm-hmm. see so and that, was, and that's my biggest turnoff to a lot of hot sauces is they're all vinegar based right and, and I, i'm not a big vinegar i'm not a huge vinegar fan. yeah I, whenever right. i get a hot sauce i try to make sure that the vinegar is like lower right on on the ingredient scale yeah that that's me and and that, um like I, I like Buffalo Wild Wings, right. it, like just going in there and like slamming some yeah. wings. But I like more like the sweet and sour kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do too. Because because when you get into their hot stuff, it's all very, very mass produced and it's a lot of vinegar. It's the same yeah. reason I dislike Bud Light is because it's mass produced. It's yeah. produced as cheaply as possible, which means they swap out barley for rice. Right. You know, yeah. they, they make substitutions and vinegar is one of the substitutions that you can yeah. make that is less expensive. So so this this one was, I think it didn't have that many ingredients listed. It had like maybe five ingredients and it was mm-hmm. fermented habanero, fermented garlic, uh, uh, fermented dill. So I guess they were all like fermented in the same pot together. And then it was like, they took like atomic, atomic pickle juice. So like they made some atomic pickles uh-huh. and they took the pickle juice the brine from the pickle juice and added it to the hot sauce. And then they had Himalayan, pink Himalayan salt. That was it. That was all the ingredients of this hot sauce. And just based on that, I had to get it. And it's, it's by far probably one of my favorite hot sauces I've ever bought, but I don't think I could get it anymore. Cause I think it was just some local person who made it and slapped some label on it and started selling it. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I get it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I think we have put off the tech news long enough. Mm-hmm. We are an hour and 10 yeah, minutes yeah. into the show. We haven't even gotten into one tech news. We haven't even talked tech yet. Yes, uh, now, know. to be fair, there's yeah. not a lot of tech news this week. There's no, a couple there isn't. Stories, so I, I didn't mind stretching on a little bit of this. Right, but right, right. I didn't intend to go an hour and 10. Um, but uh, but I think there was some good good discussion there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, hour and 10. Someone can mark it. Start of tech news. Yes. Um, anyway, big, big, potentially like world changing news from Microsoft. Yes. And I'm not talking about, uh, well, whatever else they announced at the build conference. I'm talking about the one big announcement that I'm really concerned with. And that is DirectX is coming to Linux. Yes. This is big. This is very big. This is this very is big. Very, very big. Huge connotations that go with this. Yeah. Um, so... As as a lot of you know, I've I've dabbled with with Linux on the channel. I've uh, I've obviously worked with it professionally for a number of years, mm-hmm. but uh, but I've dabbled with like uh, a consumer using Linux on this channel before. Yeah. As far as it like, can I game on it? How is Steam OS? You yeah. know how how can I do these things? It's like a home server kind of thing. Um, I've I've started dabbling with it with my my cloud gaming server. I, I, I'm using Linux a lot for for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always come back to is, well, the majority of games are DirectX based. Um, and so it's really hard for a developer to make a game in what is the most popular development API, which is right. DirectX, and then go, oh, but we have to convert it to Vulkan or OpenGL right. or right. some other some other decoder for Linux. And, and that's one of the biggest hurdles for getting Linux adoption. Mm-hmm. Now, Steam, you know, kind of subdued a lot of that chat with the introduction of Wine, DXVK, and, and Steam Play um, in, uh, in their, their emulator-like environment for, I'm 
kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wine is not an emulator. I can't wait for those comments to start up again. Yeah. Um, it's an emulator of sorts. <laughs> it's an emulator of sorts. Look up the definition of compatibility layer. Mm-hmm. And then use that argument again. Anyway, getting off track. Um, so, um, Steam made a lot of headway with introducing all of these different API conversion layers yeah. and, and compatibility layers into Steam for Linux to make DirectX playable in inside of Linux. Well, all of a sudden, all that work over the last couple of years, Windows went, screw it. Here's DirectX for Linux. Mm-hmm. You can have it. Now, Windows has been on this path of opening up a lot of their proprietary APIs that have, that have been only Windows. They have right. not shared these APIs. They nope. have not made them accessible to other operating systems. And uh, uh, this is kind of the next step in, the, in this movement. And, and for gamers, this is one of the biggest steps. It is. Because we, we've seen, you know, the Azure platform open up. We've seen yep. Office 365 open up. Yep. We've seen .NET, even, there, even the .NET compiler dot, is running on Linux now. .NET Core, you yeah. You get PowerShell for Linux. You've got the, the, the Windows Linux environment in, inside of Windows now, where you can open up a bash terminal inside of Windows mm-hmm. that runs a native Debian kernel mm-hmm. inside, of the, inside of Windows. Like, mm-hmm. um, so this, that's all been very, very cool. But this one kind of caught everyone off guard because it's like, you may not need Windows to do the thing that is holding a lot of gamers to Windows. To Windows is anymore. the gaming part. Yeah. And that's DirectX. Well, I think I think the biggest part that made them just like, oh, let's screw it and let's just do it is probably Steam in general because they've already introduced, you know, their their wine, you know, layer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and because of that, a lot of people just started switching already. And they're like, right. well, Let's just embrace it and let's go. And right. it, it seems like Microsoft is doing a lot of that. And, and I know we're going to talk about some more stuff along that line in a couple mm-hmm. more extra stories. But this one is one of the bigger ones. Being able to have DirectX run in Linux is is huge. It's going to make it run, run natively, run natively. Right. Yes. And run, run natively. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So now, I there's, mean, there's a difference between running and running well, and there's a difference between um, making it work well, and it actually being designed to work. We 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 still haven't seen it actually run, so we don't know if it runs well yet. Yet, we're assuming that it does. I, um, this is one of those things. I'm going to take Microsoft at their word because in all of the things that they've released for Linux and integrated Linux with, they have given me no reason to doubt it will work at native yeah, levels. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, take their Azure platform, take take their .NET compiler. Yeah. It's the raw source for .NET. Yeah. And it works, works. 100% natively. Yeah. And, and, and there's really been no hiccups as far as that goes. There were a couple like, oh, you didn't quite do this right. Oh, let's fix it. Well, Done. It, it, seems, it seems to be that, that Microsoft is pivoting at this point because you can't imagine that their OS is their main driver for income anymore. It can't right. be. Uh, um, services. Windows has gone to software as a service. Yes, it software really as a service. I don't, I don't know why they haven't even officially made that, right. that leap yet. Yeah. Because this started with the introduction of Windows 10 because people were holding on to Windows 7 so tight and they said, tell you what, if you want to upgrade to Windows 10, it's free yes. for the first 18 months. Yeah. Well, they're, first it was like the first six months. Then it's they're like, taking we're going to extend thing. it another year. They want you to get into their ecosystem. Right. And then they want that ecosystem to be friendly with other platforms so but you the thing that stay in the hell out of me 
The thing that confuses the living hell out of me is they're still selling Windows. Just rip the Band-Aid off and say Windows I, 10 is free now. I, I Just I think, do it. I think there's still enough market out there uh, for that to happen. For Because people, I, I mean, there's people, people who... think there is. Yes, I think there is. I, I, there's enough familiarity with Windows that... Familiarity with Windows, yes. But at the same time, there are a million ways to get Windows for $3. Oh yet yeah, yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet it's still but, on the store shelves at Micro yes, Center for yes. eighty nine. There, there was somebody who I worked with for the last fifteen years, and I worked for a software company. Uh -huh. He worked along with me for fifteen years. He got laid off because, you know, we're, we're all going through this whole hardship. Mm -hmm. He called me up afterwards, and he says, "Hey, where can I get a cheap copy of Windows?" He didn't know. He had right. no idea. And I'm like, "Well, you know, you can just get you know any Linux distro for free if you want to. I, mean, I don't know what you're going to use it for. If you're just going to browse, if just." It's like, no, nah, I want Windows. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, and I, I, told, I said that I told him, like, there's lots of places where you can get Windows 10 for super cheap. He didn't know. So there's a lot of people that don't know. I mean, even people who I considered to be, you know, a little, little uh, technologically savvy ended up uh, not really knowing. So I think there's still a market for that. You're still going to have some people out there. There's that are still a the market, but, but I don't think the, it's the, I don't think it's not, it's not their major market. But anymore. the majority of people, don't build their own PCs. No. The majority of people don't upgrade their OS unless right. unless it forces upon them. And for and the last five years, it's been, oh, you have Windows 7? Here, right. here's Windows 10 downloaded without your knowledge. Right. Well, and, then there's and also, it was free. There's also all these office computers that have the OEM version of Windows already pre-installed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of offices are going to buy those things for their people who are doing their day-to-day -day work because they don't want to retrain them to use Linux. They don't want right. to retrain them to use something. It's like, let's just do this. But my Everybody's question familiar is, with it. how much are they actually selling Windows today for full retail? I can't imagine that I don't number know. is huge. I don't know. I, I've, and, never, I've, never, so I've never bought Windows OS retail. Never what? in my life. Never right? in my life. Never in my life. I, I've never bought Office. I've never bought Windows. No, neither I, on, on like a personal level. No, I, I've, I. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on the enterprise level, but even yes. still... That's that market's kind of going away too because yeah. you get these OEM licenses from yeah. companies from like for like eight dollars. Yeah, and this and, is this is why I think they're pivoting into the service thing. But but they pivoted in 2015. They they said if you have a Windows 7 license, you get Windows 10 for free. And that program has been canceled. That program still works. I can pull any Windows yeah. 7 SKU well, off any PC. I mean, technically, they you can get Windows 10 for free. You can download the ISO and you can install it if you want to. And then you if can, you have a Windows 7 key, it activates. Right. You have to have. That's, that's yes, the thing. I know. Right. But, and so but my, I mean, my, you don't even have you is, don't have to have a key. I mean, you're going to get the little annoying uh, message at the bottom right hand corner. Right. Um, you can't change your color palette. But, but it's not else like Windows fine. XP where your computer literally stopped working. Yes. No, I know. Um, and even well, if Windows you had XP a key, was, you that was put it in because that was that was a completely um, different world back then. But but again, my question is, why haven't they just ripped the Band-Aid off and said Windows is now software as a service? Well, Microsoft's a giant giant aircraft carrier now. They can't turn on a dime anymore. Th they are, but but it's been five years, and that's my that's my overlying point. Is I, I think it's been free. For five years. Well, we and haven't we haven't seen we don't see the financials, so there must be something that's holding that on. But the thing is, their whole goal right now is very clearly software as a service. Oh yes, it very and, clearly is. And the more people that get into the Windows environment and keep on the Windows environment, because Linux is like they're 
you see it very slowly and, and there's always this like, finally, we're going to jump into Linux. There, there's been that thing for 40 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but there is like this little, I think there's a little bit of an ember to it this time. Yeah. I really do. Oh, I think so too. Um, Cause there's a lot of signs that say, that show you that. Right. Uh, I mean, they're, they're embracing with, with their latest releases, they're embracing open source, um, all kinds of signs that they're like, they're, they're, they, they're going to give their stuff away. They're not going to give their stuff away for free mm-hmm. uh, or, or for either dirt cheap or free. And then everything is going to be a service at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so two things to this. Number one, I have a bet with someone on my discord, which by the way, join the Patreon down below, get you exclusive access to my discord where you can chat with myself and the other hosts from talking heads. Uh, how many times do you think I've said that in my life? <laughs> um, but, uh, but seriously join, uh, but I have a bet with uh, with one of my my patrons that Windows is going to replace the the Windows kernel, the .NET kernel, or not .NET, the uh, the NT kernel that is at the core of Windows with a Linux kernel by the end of year 2023. You think that so? Is, huh? I I have said that I've said it a couple times, and and I've said it publicly a couple times. Um, they're shifting that direction. And I this isn't the old em- embrace, uh, extend, extinguish. I finally got it right. I finally remembered it. Um, uh, this isn't the old Microsoft of like, we're going to like say, oh, Netscape, that's a really cool browser you have. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, <laughs> tell you what, we'll add this like little plugin that, that everyone who uses Netscape needs to use to use our service. Oh, everyone on Netscape uses the service now. We'll tell you what, we're going to tweak it a little bit so now Netscape can't use it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was the uh, old Microsoft. That's the old Microsoft. And, and there's been a lot of apprehension of, of Microsoft themselves adding these Linux features and opening up their features inside of the Linux kernel. Oh, yeah. That they're going to go, they're trying to kill Linux. No, they're trying to compete with Linux in the server space. Yeah. And the way you do that is you win hearts and minds in the consumer space yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, because... Everyone, 85% of the world runs Windows on the desktop environment. Mm-hmm. As much, uh, and, and that may even be understated. Yeah. Uh, 85%. Um, you know, and, and the rest of that is Mac OS, and then Linux has like a 2% sliver. Yeah. Uh, it's not big. I know you guys think you're, you're, you're not. You're not there. Because uh, Mac OS has a, a lion's share of the, the other pie. Um, but if you, if you look at the way they're integrating and you look at the, the competition that they have in the server space, if you look at where they are on the enterprise side of things and the fact that the web runs on 95% Linux based servers or BSD or new or whatever, whatever distro you want, it's a dot Nix server of some kind or star Nix, I guess. Yeah. Um, Microsoft gets their ass handed to them yes. um, outside of the Active Directory enterprise space. Um, and so for Active Directory, it's like, okay, we have that, but that's to support the desktop, support client, the desktop which is plans. Windows. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to support the infrastructure right. that is a, 
Azure the, runs the, on Linux yes, for God's yes, sake. I know all the all the the data farms and everything that's running right, everything. Right. That's, I guarantee you, Microsoft is not running Windows oh yeah. at the top of their web server. All their all their VMs and all their Azure stuff. Yes, like you said, that's all running on Linux. All Linux. Yes, based. all Linux. Yeah. And that's where the environment is. Yeah. And. I think they are trying to get up and compete in that environment again because Windows did used to have a pretty dominant presence. Right. Now, when I say dominant, I mean like 40%. You know, it was still kind of a minority share with, you know, it was the largest like single entity, but mm -hmm. when you compared it to the other 60%, which were still Nix-based units, they were a big player. Now they're not. And and it's because every single web server you, you, that you visit is likely an Apache-based server. Yeah, not IIS, uh, but Apache. Every yeah. SQL is not running Microsoft SQL. It's running MySQL, or it's yeah. running you know some proprietary version SQLite. of a SQL server. SQLite. It's it's doing this. It's doing that. Um, you know every everything that you visit, every authentication, it's LDAP, but it's not Active Directory LDAP. It's 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 Linux LDAP. Yeah. And and so, um, I know I'm not the first, but I. I think I may be among the first to, to share it. Uh, John, John says, you're not the first to share this hypothesis. They've been opening up so much to Linux. And I, I, I think I shared this as early as about a year, year and a half ago, that that's the trail that they're on. It's, it's not that they're like saying, oh, we're, we're going to let Linux play in our sandbox. Windows is playing in Linux's sandbox. Yeah. They're, they're opening their own they're services. They're opening it all up to run inside of Linux, yes. outside of Microsoft Sandbox. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not saying, oh, come into my yard, and then they're going to hit him in the head with a hatchet. This is Microsoft going, can I come over and play? And, and I think by the end of 2023, the desktop Windows environment, or at least a Windows release, will come with a Linux kernel, not oh, yeah. running on the NT kernel. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm currently going through all the .NET Core, all the new releases of .NET Core, because I know that's going. That's that's where development's going right now. Yep. But again, DirectX, which is Microsoft's baby as far as the desktop environment mm -hmm. and the stranglehold they have on keeping right. gamers within the Windows environment, right. is now open on their direct competitor. Free. Here's the download. Here's the drivers. Here's the API. You go for it. Here's the packages. Go for it. Yeah. Now there's some more interesting points within this article. It's not yeah. just DirectX is coming to Linux. There's a lot to unpack in this article. First and foremost, my favorite subject as of late, GPU virtualization. <laughs> do you know how irritated I was to read this paragraph? Because I've been trying to do this crap for six months. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have been. You were like struggling. And now Microsoft goes, well, there you work. go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so this will be in an insider preview build in late June, and you guarantee I will be one of the first to download that and give this a whirl. Um, because I've been looking at, at like completely unofficial ways to hack together like my virtual GPU solution of my dreams and, and at least show it off. Um, this may just like blow my mind as far as the system that I'm trying to create here at my like local house level, how easy it's going to be a couple of months from now. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, Windows, uh, in order to rasterize graphics inside of Windows, you need to run a service called WDDM, which is the Windows yep. Display Device Manager. Yep. And the reason virtual desktop environments have been so difficult, even if I can pass through some GPU power to a virtual machine, 
it still needs to literally physically have a monitor cable plugged into the back of right. that GPU. Now, when you're talking about compute GPUs, they don't have monitor plugs in no. them. And if you're running in a virtualized environment and I want to take a single graphics card and split it four ways, I don't have four monitor plugs to give to those tell devices. you to do that, yes. And so the only way to you can do that is by running uh, what's called VDI or Virtual Desktop Interface. And that's a virtualization tool, but uh, that's been kind of locked down by NVIDIA, especially um, in, in their grid licensing. Because, And I, I explained this in my grid licensing video or my grid, I think part three, I really went into depth in, in, as far as what grid was and what it was compatible with and what it wasn't compatible with. And and why NVIDIA like opened Pandora's box and then they're like trying to put all the snakes back in it. Yeah, they kind of um, like stopped it all together. They like right. opened it up and like, nah. Right, exactly. Oh, that's bad because people mm -hmm. are going to buy these things and then run their whole house on like one graphics card. Yeah, one card. card, yeah. Can't no, that. we can't do that. Right. Um, and so VDI means that VDI includes a, a compatibility uh, option where it will emulate a physically plugged in cable to a virtual machine and run it on the primary graphics card device. Now, even if you pass through a grid K2 to a virtual machine, like, like I pass through the GPU, it's got all the cords, it's got all the CUDA, it's got NVENC, it's got all the memory, it's got all the everything. It's yeah. physically passed through. There's still not a graphics card plug in back of that. And the virtual machine is gonna say, well, I still need a way to turn on the Windows display. So I'm going to give you an eight megabyte primary display adapter, which is not connected to the graphics card in any way, shape or form. So I can still use the graphics card for compute, but right. I can't use it to rasterize graphics. And so that's been a lot of the difficulty of me getting the server up and off the ground in the way that I want it to work. What Flip. is really cool about this is Windows is saying, we're going to include native API connectivity inside of virtual machines to give you a virtual WDDM device. And you can take your, your uh, we're not calling it GPU-V or VGPU, which is what right. NVIDIA calls it. Uh, and this is not using SRIOV, which is the uh, splitting technology, which is a standardized technology, usually used in network cards, but AMD is integrated into like their 7150X2 um, to split GPU power among multiple uh, VMs. This is taking a single graphics card and saying, if you send me the stuff you want rasterized, I will send it back to you. And then you can use a virtual display adapter to use it as your primary graphics card. And so they're going to be calling this GPU P, uh, PV or WDDM GPU para virtualization. Long, long term. Yep. In short, this will do exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have a follow-up video here pretty soon. Is now what's funny saying. is I've been playing. I've already yeah. got like two more follow-up videos, at least possibly three, to this whole series. Like I'm already into like the planning stages of part seven. Yeah. I've only aired four parts, um, and so yeah, it, it, it's going to be fun. And this could likely be part eight as of like late June, early July. Yeah. So there's some good stuff coming within like my cloud gaming server uh, thing. Uh, the other interesting thing is that. Uh, the uh, Windows uh, Linux environment, uh, what is the acronym for that? Microsoft loves acronyms. No, yeah, I think the whole tech industry loves acronyms. It's not Microsoft more than most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Microsoft more than most. And they change them at will. All the time, yes. Uh, WSL. 
Uh, yes, so there the, it is. Yes, WSL. There it is. WSL. The, the Windows WSL Sandbox Linux environment. WSL two is what they call yeah. it. Yeah. WSL two is the newest version of the window Windows subsystem for yeah. Linux, which is running a native Linux kernel inside of the NT kernel that you can access from a Windows command line. Uh, in the past, you could download a, a Debian based kernel and you could run Linux in a like a bash shell. Uh, as of WSL two. They're looking at taking your physical graphics card and using that for both your host OS, which is mm -hmm. Windows, as well as passing that through to WSL with no latency and no, no performance hit and allowing you to run graphical applications through WSL2. Um, which means I could download the Linux version of Firefox and run it natively with GPU uh, acceleration inside of a Windows desktop environment. Yeah. And it's crazy too. Yeah, that's awesome though. And we get even deeper than that. <laughs> like, let's go like, deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. See how far the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> um, so, Windows or Microsoft is also introducing DXG kernel, which is a DirectX kernel driver, which will be integrated into the next Linux kernel release. Yes. Which is 100% official support for DirectX inside of Linux. Yeah. If you have kernel, what is it, 4.6 or 7, I think mm. they're aiming to have full integration, you will have DirectX support, period. Now, it's up to NVIDIA and AMD to provide driver support for that to start yes. you know, running their, their, so. yeah. uh, their DirectX drivers, yeah. but DirectX will be natively interpreted by Linux as soon as humanly possible. Um. Uh, DX Core and Direct 3D, uh, Direct 3D 12 on Linux. Also going to have stuff. All it's going to work. It's all going to work. DirectX right. 12. Gonna be um, and uh, NVIDIA is also bringing CUDA natively to Linux because CUDA is kind of tied with with Windows uh, for for a lot of different things. And so they're integrating CUDA into DXG kernel drivers as well. And so everything that you've had machine accelerated on the Windows side is also going to be on Linux. Linux, ex yeah, you know, accelerated. It's going to be is a big announcement. This is going to be interesting to see how benchmarks are ran in the future too, because we're going to be like, okay, well, this is how it runs on Windows. Well, this is how it runs on Linux, and you're going to have multiple versions of popular distros of Linux that may or may not have variables in there too that's going to make this game run better or less. Right. So, your job as a tech tuber has just gotten uh, exponentially more complex. Yep. Um, and in the past, NVIDIA hasn't been too Linux friendly. No. This is one thing that may force their hand. Yes. It really might. Yes. Because um, the reason they haven't been Linux friendly is they're like, why would we allow people to like openly use our, our drivers, even though they openly do on Windows? when all we're trying to do is getting them to like switch over to like DaVinci Resolve inside of BSD or, or do this or do that, where's the benefit for us? Well, all of a sudden, if the benefit is Windows going, we're going to shift over to Linux. And if you would yeah. like to run inside of Linux, you're more than welcome to join our sandbox. Yeah, of course. Come on over. The water's warm. Yep. Um, so... So yeah, they haven't been Linux friendly because the same reason a lot of other developers aren't very Linux friendly is that there's no market share over there. No. Is everyone goes to Linux because it's free or you pay for Red Hat. <laughs> yes. 
No, mostly because it's free. Right. <laughs> mostly because it's free. Yeah. There, there's a lot of free and open source. Oh, but stuff not only that, but Linux. I mean, it's it's most Linux distros I've ever used. They've been stable. They've been solid. They've had great security. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, yes, if you're used to Windows, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. But to be quite honest, there's a bunch of, um, you know, graphical interfaces on there that are very, very similar to Windows. So you're going to have mm -hmm. at least some modicum of similarity to it. So with just a couple of months of, or not even a couple of months, a couple of weeks of just daily use, you're going to get used to it. Yep. So I, I think, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a big adoption of it at that point. So I, I honestly think that Microsoft, like you said before, Microsoft is doing this just to get their service out there more. Yes. They're going to be Microsoft as a service. And then mm -hmm. we're going to embrace everything open source, everything free. I would, I would be absolutely, I, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Windows 10 started becoming free as well. Like you just install it, do whatever you want with it. We don't care. Right. You know, as long as, as long as you, you subscribe to some kind of Azure service, I mean, they have, uh, I mean, even for gaming, like you said, Microsoft has the, uh, uh, the, the $15 a month um, gaming service that you can do. Yep. Uh, you can download games on your Xbox. You can download games on Windows. Probably pretty soon, you're going to download games on Linux if you want to, because it's going to be a Microsoft service. Yep. You can play Halo on Linux if you want to. $15 a month. Microsoft doesn't care if you're using Linux or Windows. Right. As long as you pay your $15 a month. Um, yeah, and someone pointed out, you know, NVIDIA hasn't been very Linux friendly and, and Linus Torvalds is, has, you know, in, in his famous video that, that's been shared millions of times. Yeah. Um, he said that again, because NVIDIA goes, where's the benefit for us to do this? Um, now NVIDIA is very friendly to Linux on the enterprise and machine learning side of things. Yes. Very friendly. Very They've friendly. They've opened... Tensor, everything. They just haven't done rasterization on Linux. Again, mm. because there's no market share. So why put your development dollars into, into it? 2% of your marketplace. Well, it doesn't make any sense. This is this is going to help blow that up, though. Right. And and I've said the same thing for um, for a lot of different development companies that, that have either said, well, we're not going to support Linux. Or they said they were going to support Linux. And they said, you know, we just can't put that much resources in. I don't blame them. Because you're develop, you know, um, gosh, who was the most most recent one? Um, there was a game that that was available for oh, Rocket League. Rocket yeah. League all of a sudden said we're not going to support macOS or Linux anymore. Everyone, went, why? why? Well, because ninety nine point five percent of our user base is either Windows or console. Yeah. Why would we support five percent yeah. of our yeah. user base with twenty mm percent -hmm. of our resource dollars? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any financial sense. Mm -hmm. And, and again, Rocket League, a lot of their money is as a service. It's buying additions. It's buying DLC. It's buying additional things. And if you have to make those, that DLC run on 30 different platforms versus if you want to focus on PS5, Xbox, Switch, and Windows, you can cut OS X and oh, Linux yeah. and only piss off about 0.5% of your user base. Yeah, who cares? And, and you know, yeah. who cares? Yeah, who cares? You're not that big of a fish. You don't yeah. matter. Yeah. And and I know that I, I'm all of a sudden going to get a lot of Linux boy, you know, Linux fanboy hate for saying that. If you own 0.5% of the marketplace, you don't matter. You're the minority. You don't People don't that care about you. Yeah. But that's the nice thing. Windows is right. giving it to you. Right. You're getting it now. This is a change that may make you matter. 
And so, as a Linux fanboy, you shouldn't go, Microsoft, you should stay out of our sandbox. This is You should get 100% on board because this is going to make you matter. Yeah. This is going to make developers look at you seriously. This is going to make people put resources and dollars and development time into your beloved operating system. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And if Microsoft is all of a sudden putting their horses behind Linux, put your horses behind Microsoft yeah. because they have a lot more pulling power than you do. Oh, yeah. That was borderline rant, but it was rants at like a in a different direction than yeah. I've done before. Yeah. It was stop trying to fight it. This is going to be good. It's going yeah. to be a good thing. It's going to be different, but it's going to be a good thing. I had a joke about that, but I'm not gonna say it. it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And and speaking of Linux integrations into into Windows. This next one, I know Steve's excited for. Oh, I'm yeah, kind of no. excited for this as well. I, I I actually downloaded this today, and it's it's pretty slick. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. Yes, so. I I definitely would. Um, I have I have one small gripe about it, but it's, it's a small gripe. So, uh, basically, now we just talked about all this uh, friendly handshaking and hugging that Windows and Linux are doing. We have a new release of uh, Windows Terminal. There's a new Windows Terminal coming out there um, that you can download right now. And it is very nice. It integrates well with all these new developments. You can have your classic uh, command prompt. You can have PowerShell. You can integrate every single terminal window you want within any type of Linux distribution you want. You can have them tab oriented. You can adjust the transparency. Tabs in command the... shell. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> you can you can have split panes. You can have multiple panes in one window. It is uh, a really nice, I haven't messed too much with it, but the examples that they're giving look very, very cool. It's basically like a tabbed browser for terminals. And uh, um, the only issue that I kind of have is that the um, settings, the configuration of it is all in a JSON text. It's all JSON strings. So you have to have... Uh, <laughs> You have to have a little bit of knowledge of how JSON works, and, and uh, a JSON editor, and be able to be able to add and, and remove stuff. So, not exactly uh, super user friendly, but for the most part, people who are going to be using this are not looking for a nice GUID interface anyway. But yeah, you can go up to the Windows um, store. You can download it right now, and you can mess around with it. It is also open source. You can go up to Git. And then download the open source the the code of it if you really want to. I actually haven't done that because I really don't care. But yeah, it's it's uh, super neat if you guys are into terminal services and command prompts, which I know Jeff is. Yep. Yep. Very much. Um, so uh, who was it? Uh, Moxie says. Uh, uh, the Linux app stop is what you make of it. I switched years ago. And and I'm going to make another another argument. I've said this a number of times. Yep. You can totally use Linux. You know, they have everything you could ever want on there. Okay, well, I edit videos in Adobe Premiere. Yeah. It's yeah. the software that works. It works with my codec. It's native. It's fast. It it has support. It's commercial. It's 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 everything I need. Well, well yeah, but, but you can download DaVinci Resolve. That's great. DaVinci Resolve doesn't fit my my needs. Hmm. Well, it's 95% of what Premiere is. Or, you know, 
well, I need Microsoft Excel and I use these functions in yes. Excel that are yeah. that are 100% of my job. Yeah. Well, LibreOffice is 95% of the way there. Yeah, but that last 5% is worth more than the other 95% by yeah. a factor of 10. Oh yeah, by, by it 10. It really is. Because every single office environment uses certain special features within Excel. Correct. And yes. and so the, the, the tried and true Linux argument of, you know, why do you need Photoshop? Just download GIMP, just download yeah. this, just download Not that. The same. Not the same. From a professional standpoint, yes. from a professional workflow, yeah. DaVinci Resolve is about as close as you get. There are production companies that run DaVinci right. Resolve. Totally get it. There's a lot more that run Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro. Yeah. And 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 like I said, DaVinci Resolve is about as close of an argument as you get to saying, oh yeah, I could totally switch over. In fact, I would love to switch over to using Pop! OS and DaVinci Resolve for, for my, my video workflow. Because I've had problems with Premiere, but yeah. at the same time, every time Everybody I've tried has. to use DaVinci Resolve, I've ran into literally work stoppage issues that I can't go further with. Mm -hmm. I want to make that switch. I can't make that switch because functions inside of Premiere, I rely on for my video workflow. And and when you when you just condescendingly say, oh, but LibreOffice is 95% of what Microsoft Excel is, yeah. that's great. I require the other 5%. Yes. I cannot work around that. Yeah. And, and you know, and it goes down. Uh, try GIMP. GIMP is the weakest argument to Photoshop. Oh, gosh, Have yes. you tried to professionally edit a yeah. photo inside of GIMP? It's that's, a nightmare. That's, it's horrible. That's, that's the, I mean. Photoshop, not only that, but let's add the After Effects, you know, controls Photoshop, that you have in there Photoshop as, as well is, as Illustrator. so ingrained into the culture that is literally, it's, anytime you see an edited video, they literally call it a Photoshop. Right. They don't call it a GIMP. Yeah, it's it's not a GIMP edit. <laughs> it's a Photoshop. Like, oh, that's that a picture GIMP? has been photoshopped. Like, what are you talking about? That's a GIMP. No, that's a Photoshop, man. Right. Um, and and so while you're right on the server side and the enterprise side of things and the like highly commercialized and web server side of things, right? Yes, Linux has commercial support. Oh, of course, because they own ninety five percent of the market share. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about the desktop environment, right? And you own less than 2% of the market share. And you're saying, but they have all the tools Windows does. That is complete and utter bull. Yeah. It is complete, it's a complete fabrication and it's disingenuous to the people that you're trying to convince to move over. Right. Because I've worked in Linux. I've tried to professionally move to Linux. The tools are not there. And the reason they're not there is the development time hasn't put in. And the reason the development time hasn't put in is because the market share doesn't exist. And the reason the market share doesn't exist is because you guys say, well, GIMP's the same thing. I've, I've it's ran, not. I've ran into this before where I've had people come by and it's like, hey, would you come by, take a look at my PC? It's not working right. And it was some, you've, you've dealt with like uh, your, your, your elders and older people who use computers on a day-to-day -day basis. And a lot of these I've worked people, in tech support for yeah. nearly 17 oh, oh, years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Steve. So we know this. So, <laughs> and you may have run into this example too, where there's somebody who's like trying to pinch a penny. They have this, uh, you know, computer. They want to, they, they bought it secondhand. They're like, well, you got to get a new version of Windows on it. And like, well, how much does Windows cost? Well, it costs you 120 bucks. It's like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, so we got Linux. It's free. It, you can, well, I want, I want to use Office. And like, I, well, we can put Office on there, but it's a free version of it. They're like, okay. And they do it. And it's, and it's not quite there. It's like, right. it's not quite there. And then when you go over there to support them, they're like, well, it, they're just, they're just like, they're, they're like, I don't use this. 
I mean, like I, mm -hmm. I use it to open up my documents. I use it to browse and that's about it. So they never really mm -hmm. dive into it because it's not, it's not exactly what everybody else uses. So they become kind right. of lost into this, this, this other realm here. And, and I make the same argument when people go, oh, just use Google Drive 100%. Google Drive's 95% of the way there. Yeah. But if you look at Microsoft Excel, yeah. it does things with multi-spreadsheets and formulas and things oh, that yeah. the other companies can't even touch. Oh, and yeah. And they've been the industry leader for 30 years. There's there's, there's a, a there's a reason Lotus Lotus 1-2-3 went extinct. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of enterprise stuff that uses the VBA backend of Excel right. that you, you can't get anywhere. You yeah, can't do that. It literally doesn't exist. It literally doesn't and exist. And so when you go, oh look, it's a spreadsheet program. Yeah, it's a spreadsheet program for ninety-five percent of the spreadsheet yeah. uses out there. That five percent is worth more than everything else combined. Yeah. And and yeah, it it's it's so frustrating because it's so disingenuous. And and trust me, I would love there to be multiple options for a desktop OS. That's what I push for. That's yeah. why I explore these concepts of, of Steam running on Linux. And why would I use a Windows server when I can use the Linux server? Because I can introduce those concepts. Yeah. And when I hear the Linux community going, just go ahead and switch, it doesn't work that yeah. way. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the nice thing too, because we have this, this notion that you can have a mixed environment and it should start, theoretically, it should start working a lot more seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, I mean, we have a long way to go, uh, obviously, but you know, we got DirectX, we have terminal services that let you get in there. It's all kinds of stuff that are 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 making this what used to be a huge chore. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just in just in like networking, a Linux with the Windows, mm -hmm. you had to have Samba. You had to have Samba on there. They couldn't talk to each other. Yeah, it's a lot easier now. So. Civil says MS Paint for the win. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's basically the same. GIMP is closer to MS Paint than GIMP is to Photoshop. Oh yeah, well okay, I think I would say okay, I would say GIMP is closer to Paint.net. Okay. If you've ever messed 3D with Paint, Paint, 3D yeah. Paint. No, 3D Paint is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, if you if you look at the interface and Paint.net, because Paint.net is not distributed with Windows, but you can get it for free. Right. Uh, and it's supposed to be the MS Paint substitute. But the interface on on Paint.net is very very similar to GIMP. I was very surprised at how how similar they were. Uh, and uh, Max says it's disingenuous to many people. But as a software engineer, I work in Linux twenty four seven. Yeah, I'm a professional server admin. I work in Linux twenty four seven as well. Yeah. But I come home to my desktop environment and do it's, other professional yeah. work that requires Windows. Yeah. And 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 I know. I know what you're trying to argue. I know exactly what you're trying to argue. It's that it's there, right? Like, like I work in it. Why can't everyone else? If you're a software developer who's working inside of Linux, you're developing software for Linux. You're part of the solution to that problem. You know, it. but on the desktop side of things, <laughs> and, and again, for probably, I, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good. Uh, Vlad, I saw it's Vlad, Vlad's and back. I asked him where his tips were last week. His, his tips are back. His tips are back. <laughs> well, it's it's almost ten o'clock, so I think we can say it. I think so we can say this, Vlad. Ten dollar donation. Yeah, Steve, go for it. All right. So Vlad's tip for the night: when you're getting a hooker for the night, put your money in your socks and only keep what you're actually paying her in your wallet. Be smart. Don't get robbed. This is very good advice. This has been Vlad Tips brought to you by Craft Computing. <laughs>
correct. <laughs> Thank you, Vlad. <laughs> um, but all right, I'm on my last beer. I'm doing yep. my uh, I'm doing my uh, barley wine, Mad River Brewing. Ooh, nice. Oh God, it smells like super malty. This is this is why I love barley wine so much because they're just. I have a bunch of Bigfoots out in my other. Oh, fridge, so see, now, I like Bigfoots, but the thing is, is like Bigfoots are. Not only are they super malty, they're also giant hot bombs as well. Yes, they are. Super hoppy malt bombs. So they're they're like uh, IPA wine is basically what I yeah. consider them to be. Not as yes, yeah. yeah, and and I I agree with that assessment. But uh, I know John already has like the nine year collection. Yeah, yeah twenty eleven yeah, yeah. through twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, so what's really funny is he's rubbed that in my face for years. Uh, last month, Sierra Nevada announced that they're going to make available a lot of their Bigfoot uh, bottles, and they'll ship them to you for like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so I spent the 50 bucks and I got the shipment. So now I have over half of his collection for less than <laughs> half of what he paid. <laughs> well, yeah, he had to scour everywhere to find that stuff. Yeah, I, I was with him. Uh, so so in the beer vlog that John and I did, we went yeah. down to Corvallis Homebrew Supply. To go the, and they the, had a couple the, of bottles that the, he didn't have. The basement aged, the, the aged uh, beer that they had. That yeah, they the, cel- the cellar aged. Cellar aged, yeah. yeah. Um, so we went there and he's like, oh my God, a 2013, I have to have this. And he spent like 15 or $16 on like a 12 ounce bottle. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really cool. And he's like, yeah, this is like one of the ones that I was missing. Well, now I have two of those. <laughs> All right. But, uh, but yeah, they, they shipped me a case of, of, of Bigfoots. And oh. it's, it's literally like choices between 2011 and 2020. I don't have all of them, but I think I have at least six years of them. And and I got it for 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> spent way-, way too much. Yeah. Now, this one, this one's super good. It's like it's like just the right amount of hoppy. But because like when I want a, a barley wine, I want it to be more malt forward than anything. I don't mind a little bit of hop on the back end. Because of the big ABV, I want a big malt smack in your face when you take that first sip. And this is what this is right here. Yeah. I got a special edition Bud oh, Light. Says, Good morning from Israel. Wow. I love the 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 far off uh, comments that we get in here. Uh, just it's, it really sinks in how global the platform has really become. It really uh, brings in how global the Earth is. It's it's like round. <laughs> it's like round a lot or of people something. in it. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, it. I love hearing that people are like, yeah, I'm waking up in Japan right now. I'm having yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's lunchtime over here. Oh, they're gonna have a sake or something like that. Right, like? hey, but but it's 10 p.m. here, and I'm drinking a donated Bud Light lemonade. <laughs> And and seriously, it's it's really cool to hear like good night from Australia, like like I'm just getting off work in Australia, or I'm I'm waking up in Israel, or do love hearing that. I, oh yeah, I really do. Uh, Jeff needs a near beer like now. Yeah, I fully agree, Novella Hub. I I've been kind of sipping on. I'm still enjoying this. Oh come on, just chug it already. Get it get it over with. Rip it off like a band aid. Get okay, third get a little bit of what John is tasting there. But that was a big gulp. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind hopping the back end. Do not. This is a true statement. Don't mind a little hops in the back. I'm gonna put that on my business card. That <laughs> needs to be a shirt. <laughs> I don't mind a little hops on the back I end. I got a little back in the hop in the back end. 
I think that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> it needs to be like Steve and like one of those. That's to, I, I need an artist to draw that up. <laughs> if you're an artist, I'll name your price and, and draw that up and send it to me. I, I will give you the commission and I want to make that shirt. <laughs> but I want it to be Steve going. <laughs> there you go. There you Screenshot it. Do it. <laughs> I want that shirt. Kind of on a little hops in the back end. Yeah. Oh, the, the quotes that I've been getting on Twitter lately. Uh, so, uh, uh, Scatterbolt, uh, he and I are, are friends. We met at uh, CES finally this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he uh, had a comment in his section about how the, or in, in a, he got a YouTube comment about how the next consoles are going to like be more powerful than anything else. And, oh, yeah. And the amount of decompression power that they have is just. Decompression? Wow. Not paraphrasing. And I said, yeah, I'm thinking about selling my 2950X because nothing gets my juices flowing better than a 7-zip decompressed benchmark. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. That was funny. <laughs> but it, it, this console, and, and someone was arguing in, in my chat section uh, or, or in Twitter earlier yeah. today with me about uh, how the new consoles are going to be like essentially a 3700X. Right. No, wait. Yeah. No, they're not. No. They might be Zen 2. Okay. They might be 8 cores. Every they single... Zen 2, 8 cores, 16 threads at 4.2 gigahertz. And and besides, that's not where the console's power is going to lie. It's going no. to lie in doing like a very well-optimized graphics card. And right. And having like bare metal access I mean, to all the they're, they're saying that... That's what a console is. Yeah, I know. They're saying that there's supposed to be some proprietary compression that goes along with the throughput for the NVMe drive that they're going to put in there whatever i mean i I take our current president at at explaining what an nvme drive is and and how how close we we have all these pci express lanes and they're they're so close they're as close to the cpu as they've ever been yeah they're so close one of the arguments i've got oh you mean pci express direct attached nvme storage over a pci express 4 link where it's a cpu connected pci express that's all that is it's a pci express 4 and that's all it is and they're touting this as like, we've never been closer to the CPU. Yeah, you were with NVMe 3. But, the, but wait, the PC had that because you guys were still yeah. on SATA. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. is like every single every single console release, there's some some quote that they take, whether out of context or whatever, to be like, oh, this is going to be more powerful than the PC. It's going to be a powerhouse. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. They did that with the PS3. They did that with the PS4. The Xbox One the, has, the Xbox eight, one has X. eight CPU cores. They had, they had, they, it was eight CPU cores divided by two at 1.2 gigahertz each. There was, there like, was every single one. Every single one has always had that. And then it actually You realize your out. Samsung phone had also had eight yeah. cores at 1.2 gigahertz each at the same time, right? And like, then actual real world benchmarks came out, and they were like, "Eh, eh, eh." Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a console. You realize yeah. the consoles it's are console. still sold at a profit for five hundred dollars. Yes, right? yes, they are. So are PC parts. Yes, are sold at a profit. Yes, the same profit margin. There's, not, same a lot, there's not a lot of magic going on in there. There's, there's, there's not... probably actually more profit margin in a twenty eighty Ti than there is in a console at five hundred dollars. There's not a tiny wizard inside of every single console that's making it run magically faster. Right. 
than the current components. AMD isn't buy. giving all of their magic juices yes, over to the console. They're not. Going, you guys can have an RX 5700. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give it to you. Here's where we sell most of our parts, but you can have. Yeah, yeah you can have this. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to give you the special sauce. It's not how, yeah. it's not how any of this works. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 10 o'clock. Oh, and we, uh, you know, we, we drew this out pretty good. We did. Being, for that being was really light. minutes. For a, being a light. On Linux for Windows. All right. So, uh, do we, we can, uh, we can we, rapid fire these. Do you, want, do you want to power through these? Okay. Yeah, let's power through them. All right. So, uh, next one. So just speaking of very SD fast. SD cards have never been closer to the CPU. The, exactly. They're going to get so fast. So, so basically. The decompression speed on these is insane. <laughs> they're so close. They're going to put the slot closer to the CPU. You, you see what I went there? Yeah. Full circle. Right. <laughs> so, so basically SD cards are about to get very, very fast. So uh, they're developing right now. It's still probably a year or two off. But we are going to have a PCI Express 4.0 specifications. 2X speeds. Yep, yep, yep. 2X, that's right, uh, with SD cards. Yep. So the bottleneck that we have with, like, uh, you know, super fast rendering or super fast recording of, you know, 4K video and stuff like that. In a couple now, now, when I said the SD cards have never been closer to the CPU, <laughs> I was partially being facetious. But no, but that's exactly that's, what that's I meant. Exactly it's no printed. longer going through a bus interface. It's going it's, super this fast. Is bus interface, yeah. PCI Express connected SD cards. Mm -hmm. So, so basically, what NVMe is doing basically, right now. Basically, this is going to power the PS5. This is your storage. Hey, you can you can save your games in lightning fast speeds. Right. Right. You can, you can put your SD card there. Save it. Um, this technology is still predicted to be about. A year and a half out from now? Yeah, and, probably and, a year and a half or yeah. so out from actually like hitting retail shelves right. and then being adopted right. by different industries. Right. Um, because the thing with SD is they've always tried to be backwards compatible. Yes. And so this new standard is still going to be backwards compatible with old readers, but you're going to have to have a new writer and reader interface in order to, get to, speeds. to utilize those new speeds. Yeah. Um, and so... Camera development is always, you know, years behind as far as actually integrating these new features into uh, their SD card slots. Um, because right now, the, whole, the media that everyone uses on professional video gear is CFast 2.0, which is basically just a SATA interface. Yeah. Um, and a seemingly expensive SATA interface. Uh, as expensive as a Red Mini Mag, which is just an MSATA yeah. interface. It's literally an off-the-shelf well, yeah, I mean, like, drive I, inside I, a fancy aluminum <laughs> enclosure. Novella Hub's like, yeah, Raspberry Pi with NVMe 4. Yeah, that's right. Let's get a Raspberry Pi with, like, NVMe speeds. Dude, that'd be sweet. I so want to get away from microSD storage on the Raspberry Pi. That is my one biggest gripe that they have kept with, is that they haven't given us an onboard, even a USB-connected SATA interface. That's all I want, is I, I do want a SATA interface to this. Make it a two-and-a-half-inch size. Yeah. So make it like the same footprint as a two and a half inch drive and give me a two and a half inch sled on the bottom or give me an MSATA drive slot that I can put onto this without, you know, expanding onto it in an awkward way that doesn't allow me to utilize a standard case. Because the microSD is one of the biggest hurdles to using a Raspberry Pi reliably as like a, a service provider in your house. 
because yeah. a power flash can corrupt an SD card. Oh yeah, very whereas, quickly. Whereas an SSD or a USB drive is a lot more resilient. Mm -hmm. And whenever I set these up permanently, I usually end up using USB keys, but even those aren't great. I prefer to go with a SATA disk, but then I'm you know, using this nice small form factor and plugging in a two and a half inch you know, hard drive enclosure next to it, which isn't wall mountable, which doesn't integrate into the same interface as this. And it loses all of its appeal or a, yeah. a good chunk of it. A good appeal, chunk of it, yeah. Versus like an ITX desktop, you yeah. know, which has infinitely more power than than one of these does as far as like raw processing power. Right. You know, because you're you're taking like a, a three or four watt ARM processor um, versus or Broadcom, you know, base processor versus, you know, a, an Atom Cherry Trail eight core chip you know, a, a Z8750 or something like that from, from Intel, which is still only a well, 5 actually, or 7 watt x86, but it has so much more instruction set and is so much more versatile than the ARM-based stuff. I, I actually was, I, I kind of contemplating posting a story about um, the uh, ARM, uh, the Windows putting a uh, ARM compatibility mm -hmm. for their x86 Compiler, so being mm -hmm. able to natively run um, x86 binaries, x86 on binaries on ARM. Yes, yep. yeah. Which, Do you know uh, why they're doing that? Oh, of course I know why they're doing that. <laughs> exactly. Windows Phone 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, well, you can put it on your phone. You can put it on a tablet. You can put it on your Raspberry Pi. You can put it on yeah. everything. Do you know why they're else? You know why else they're trying to go Linux compatibility on everything? Oh yeah, because then it doesn't matter which device you have you're still integrated into the Windows service. That's right. Everything's a service now. And if you can get to our service, we can get your money. Yep, exactly. Exactly it. So. Yeah, so SD cards new, coming down the pipe, looking pretty good, but yep. kind of a few years away. Yep. Uh, AT&T is backpedaling a little bit on their 5G marketing. Yep. Which, I love this story. I love this story for so many reasons. <laughs> one, because I hate it when companies outright lie. Yeah. I hate deceptive marketing. Yeah. It is one of my biggest pet peeves and one of my biggest things that turns me off from using any company. Um, I have to have Comcast at my house. It's the only service provider that gets me more than 10 megs. Think about that in the modern infrastructure. It's the only provider at my house that gets me more than 10 megs. Yeah. And I hate Comcast with a fiery passion. Mm -hmm. um, because when I see... Comcast slash Xfinity broadcasting the fastest in-home Wi-Fi. I have one UniFi access point in my house. Well, I have two running right now and I'm going to be running three. There is no way in hell your $100 all-in-one cable modem router Wi-Fi access point is any faster in any regard than any hardware that I could buy from UniFi in the last 10 years. But it's AC. It's gigabit Wi-Fi. No, you use you lose half your overhead to yep. to the Wi-Fi interface. Yeah. So even if you're using the top 1.3 gigabit uh, per second Wi-Fi, uh, the top you can get it out of it is about 650 megs. Yes. And that's with a 100% clean signal and a processor on both ends that can actually handle 650 kind of that stuff, megs. Yeah. Going back and forth. Yeah. You add in any amount of interference, which is inherent within Wi-Fi, and True. your peak is probably somewhere around 300, 320. Yep. For one device. All you of a sudden, you're, you get you're multiple talking, devices. It just goes down. You're talking yeah. the processor on your all-in-one cable modem, router, DNS, and and access point is going to be handling thirty plus smart home devices all yeah. simultaneously. 
they don't have MIMO on them, so they're not the fastest. They're, yeah. they, and they can't handle multiple clients. But they go, oh, but if you have one Wi-Fi device, we're the fastest. No, you're still not. Yeah. But there's no metric that says they can't say that. And, and so it's deceptive, and it drives me batty. Same thing with AT&T. AT&T, for the last year, has been promoting their 5G, 5G evolution, evolution. network, which was not 5G. 5G as a specification is laid out of a specific band of LTE service that allows for specific speeds and specific specifications. Specific specifications. How do you like that for compiling that? Um, but LTE is a specification of wireless connectivity. 4G and 5G are variants of LTE, which require you know, specs to be hit. You can't call something a USB-connected device unless it aligns itself to a certain set of specs. Um, you can't call something a PCI Express device unless it aligns itself to a certain set of specs. You can't call something 5G unless it aligns to all of the 5G specs. Yes. AT&T's argument was, well, we're not selling 5G. We're selling 5G Evolution, which is a completely <laughs> different brand name. I don't know why people are getting so confused about this. Why would they ever think that? Right. Yeah. And they, they've done this for years, AT&T has. They, they had their, their 4G network, uh, which was 4G or, you know, LTE over 3G, which doesn't exist because LG, 3G was they, its own thing. LTE they really was 4G. Have to, they really have to market it as Fungi. Right. Fun. It's so much fun. It's fungi. Yeah, it's fungi. It's fungi. fungi. It's fungi. I'm, I'm surprised no one I'm, came up with that I'm, earlier. I'm down with fungi. Fungi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but they've been marketing this as 5G evolution. And everyone hears 5G and goes, oh, it's 5G. It's the latest greatest. No, it's 4G with like a couple of like off the books enhancements that are not officially supported specs. Um, and uh and it says, while no one disputed 5GE wasn't real 5G, except for the people who read the specs, and it doesn't meet any of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's 4G with, like, with like local DNS enabled. Um, the board found that evolution likely wasn't enough to tell people the truth. The term might even suggest that AT&T's networks had evolved into 5G, which was exactly what their marketing team was hoping for. Yep. <laughs> um is so yep. AT&T is disappointed that their marketing didn't fail to demonstrate the differences between actual 5G and what we're calling 5G evolution is not actually 5G, but something that consumers could get a 3G-like experience from from their existing 4G phones. Do you see the mental gymnastics around that? Oh, yes, that of sentence? course. And it's, yeah. I, I've, I've, <laughs> that's why I can never go into marketing. Because there's so right. much BS that's going on with marketing. Right. I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah. And so AT&T has finally said, well, AT&T respectfully disagrees with the reasoning and result reached by the panel majority. Yeah. AT&T's customers nationwide continue to benefit from dramatically superior speeds and performance that its current 5G evolution network provides. As a supporter of the self-regulatory process, however, AT&T will comply with the NARB's mm. Uh, uh, decision, um, which basically the regulatory board said, you can't call it 5G. And they said, well, I guess we'll just self-regulate and not call it 5G then, even though 5G evolution was something completely different. Yeah, of course. <laughs> just the 5G in the front of it. Just ignore that. Yeah. Just the evolution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. So. 
But I just love the way that article reads. Oh, yeah. Just dripping with disdain. Yep. Anyway, uh, TSMC. Big, big potential news. Big, here. big, big fab guy. That is confirmed. TSMC will be building a fab plant in Arizona right. that will be producing five nanometer fabs at scale. That's right. And how long that's going to take them to spin up? The article doesn't really say. Uh, well, they're they're aiming for five nanometer, which is the next leap, which should right. be within the next 18 months. If, if right. you take TSMC's timeline for actually spinning all this, this stuff up. The, the, the plans, though, do say it's sometime 2024. So 2024? Yeah, 2024. Okay. So yeah. it's it's yeah, TSMC was said to be able to produce five nanometer within the next eighteen months. Yes. Um. But uh, but 2024. That's still a pretty decent time. That's not that's for, not too bad for five right. nanometers. Yeah. I mean, four years away. I mean, that's not too bad. Two and a three and a half. I mean, we're almost halfway through this godforsaken 2020. Yes, I don't, we're almost <laughs> half of it. We've just been spent tunneled in my basement here yeah drinking oh, actually you know what now that i think about it it hasn't been that bad mm-hmm. I, i'm sitting in my basement it's been weird i've been, it's been okay weird. okay here's here's the th- it has been weird it has been weird by the way i just correlated that you and i are both stuck in our basements now yes we are both stuck in our basements <laughs> i'm in my basement you're in your basement both, i didn't used to have a basement now both, i'm in my basement both finished basements yes. both finished basements both very nice basements yes mine has yeah. windows yeah. Well, I have windows on the other side of yeah. my face, not in my office, but yep. still, it gives me an excuse to just sit at home and do nothing, right? So like, yeah. uh, you guys want to go out? I have a reason to day drink. Yeah, I have a reason to day drink. I have a reason to day drink. I have a reason not to go anywhere. Wife wants to, you want to go out for a date? No, we can't go. We don't mm-hmm. want, we don't want to get a disease. We're going to stay home. We can't go. No one's we open. Can't go. Yeah, no one's open. We can't right. go nowhere. I, I I secretly kind of enjoyed it just a little bit just to sit home and do nothing. I mean, I've, I've built up my office and, and, and my downstairs area for entertainment to be able to just do whatever I want. Yeah. And then now there's no pressure to go out anymore. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is we moved into this new house and our, uh, admit it, our old house sucked for entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a horrible you, layout. You had some compartmentalized rooms. Yeah. Whereas, like, it, you definitely like if you were in the living room, you're in the living room. Yeah. And there's walls that made you remind you that you're in your living room. Like, right. okay, I hear people in the kitchen. I gotta we had a four bedroom house with a yeah. living room for three people. Yeah. That's what it was. And, yeah. And the dining room was kind of like shoehorned into the end there, but it was too small to be. The, it yeah. was a 1950 square foot house, four bedrooms. And every room felt just a little bit too small. Yeah, everything was compartmentalized. Like everything yeah. was its own entity. Um, it, it's like, oh, you've got this living room that's that's nice and massive. I mean, it was like a thirty foot long living room, but it was only like eight feet wide, and and so, and and you could only put the couch in one position, and you could only put the couch in a way that faced one particular wall, and you could only fit three people sitting on that couch. And and so like there's like twelve feet of wasted space over on this side, and then the other end was like the dining room area, yeah. and then the kitchen was too small because it was like in this middle of a flow thing, and we had like this fifteen feet of wasted space between the kitchen and the and the den, 
which you couldn't do anything with because there's the sliding door, there's the laundry room door, there's our pantry sitting right there. I couldn't put a table there. I couldn't put a breakfast nook there. I couldn't entertain in that spot. It was literally this 15 by 15 foot space that was completely dead. I couldn't utilize to save my life. Right. And and that was my whole downstairs. And so the downstairs could hold like six people comfortably at a time. Yeah. And that was it. It was ridiculous. Um, and then the upstairs was even worse. The the upstairs, the hallway was, if it, yeah, was if it three wasn't, foot three wide. If it wasn't for that bonus room where you put your studio in, that was right. like the only thing that had a big open room up there. Right. That, that felt relatively spacious. Right. That hallway, I, was, I'm not kidding, was three foot three inches wide. Yeah. It, it was nothing. Um, and it was, it was horrible. It was, it was like living in a cave, but I still had 1,950 square feet of space. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, it was the weirdest thing ever. Um, but we bought our new house in the goal of being able to entertain. And we moved in, in December and then we had Christmas and New Year's and then we had CES and then we got back from CES. And then for the next six weeks, I was busy like unpacking and, and working and whatnot. And then all of a sudden March rolls around and we can't do anything. Yeah. And so I've had like all these these things like I've, I've been working on getting my garage set up for for doing like karaoke and game nights and poker and things like that. Oh yeah. And I can't even invite anyone over. No. And I like I I miss it, but I'm also kind of relieved because I don't have to do anything. My wife loves to entertain. She loves to yeah. to, and she's like, oh, let's go have people over. I'm like that sounds good. And then she's like, well, I need you to do this, this, and this, and this, and this because we're having people over. I'm like. See, I'm the opposite. I, I, I love entertaining. I love people. I do, I do too, and... but I also like not doing any work to entertain. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, that, I, love, I love entertaining people. I do. I love when people come over, but I'm like, do I really have to scrub the floorboards to have people come over? And no one's going to care. Like, right. yeah, whatever. Oh, so what John John Wynn was there's he, only like this much left in this. John Wynn, he's like, uh, didn't Marion County move to phase two? No, Marion County is not in phase two. No, Marion, Marion County is got denied for phase one. Oh yeah, they're like they're like the epicenter. Of, You're, yeah, of, Marion County is the the highest per capita in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and this in is, fact, John, your city is the highest yes, per capita in yes, the state. We are. We we live in the city with. I'm highest. sorry, sorry. That one's second. My old city is the highest per capita. Yes, in the state. I know. Yeah, which is why I don't go anywhere. So I so I moved from the number one next to the number two to actually the number three. Yeah, <laughs> but still, I'm not. I'm like, I don't mind it so much. I kind of like I'm I like the old uh, the old RTS days when you used to play a gold RTS game and there mm-hmm. was the whole strategy of turtling. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm turtling. <laughs> I'm turtling in my basement. It's COVID. Discord, Discord, got, Discord, yeah. Discord. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, let me go look. Discord. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a shirt. I got it. That's a shirt. All right. Jason can pick that up. I even shirt. love the umbrella in front. That's, That's The umbrella is still there. Yeah, I like the umbrella right there. That's good. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to cut out like the main silhouette of that, and that might be a shirt. That's good. I don't. Like, no, it's I don't mind a little hops in the back end. I think is what it was. Is that what yeah. it was? I don't mind. I don't hops. mind a little hops at the back end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a little hops in the back end. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to my viewer count. My viewer count was sitting at about 110, 120 throughout, which is actually a little low for us as of late. We've been averaging closer to 170. All of a sudden, since 10 o'clock, we're at 220. Uh, people are bored, I guess. Yeah, all of a sudden people uh, are logging in and going, look, hey, Jeff's online. Yeah, look at that. It must be morning in Israel. Yeah. I, I guess we're popular over there. <laughs> I know that game. What game was that? That's Pac-Man. Pac by, okay. by Pac-Man Lamp. Okay. Oh, you're... Yeah. yeah there you there go. we go. We'll show that off. Yeah. A Pac-Man Lamp. Yeah. I don't know. All of a sudden, YouTube is promoting my live show. I guess. Like, well, we, we thanks only... for promoting it at the scheduled end time. The only we reason are... you're all here is because we're <laughs> running late. We only have one more story left, too. Yep. And it's the only entertainment story we got. Yes. And, um... This is, I know it's not a super popular, um, I guess I would say like it's series. It's a franchise that's always it's a franchise. been there. It's always been there. It's and not you super... go, oh, I've heard of that. I've it's never not, played it, yeah. but I've heard of no, it. No, no, no. I Okay, it's near and dear to my heart because I've two. always played I've always played this. I've always yeah. played this. I played this this one. I fell in love with it. We played it at the land parties I used to host. Always loved it. Um, and I'm talking about Serious Sam. Serious Sam. So Serious Sam 4 has been announced today. We get a Serious Sam 4. Uh, people who love the big open FPS where just like hordes and hordes and hordes of people come at you and you have a co-op where people just mow things down and just utter chaos going on around you. Um, it's great fun because this is honestly one of the games that just made me fall in love with going to a LAN party and drinking beers with your friends and then just mowing shit down. Yep. I can say that because it's 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or no, it's 10, 1030, 10, 20, <laughs> Okay. Whatever. It's 12 Still, o'clock somewhere. It's, it's prime time. It's prime time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's been announced and it looks great. Uh, Crow team has always been kind of like they, they've had like just simple games that have just like kind of these gorgeous graphics where they, they have yeah. the, the engine that just like has these big sweeping landscapes with just huge amounts of mobs that just seem to just flow with with high FPS. And just it's, it's always been like just a beautiful thing from, you know, the very first Serious Sam to like the last one, which was three. So I'm kind of curious to see what four is. Um, it looks great. It was just announced today. Um, and I guess, I, I guess it's supposed to come out this, uh, August. So oh. it must've been working out for a while. So it's coming out this year, this, this Christmas, you can, uh, delve into some serious M4. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's about, that's all, all we, got. we got. Yep. I did finish it. You did? Okay, but that was technically I'll, your I'll second. I know. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but that was your there second. There will be that some was, who said I that didn't. was your that was your second beer. That was only your second beer. I know. I I told you I was trying to go a little little lighter tonight. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm tired. I haven't been feeling all that well. Um, right. my my daughter was actually uh, feverish for like four days over the weekend. <laughs> uh, going up to 101 plus fever okay like go. going up to like 101 for a couple hours and then dropping back and being like i'm totally fine like bounce off the wall and then jumping back <laughs> two hours later now now go look at the now look what they posted the discord online. yeah oh. look at that one that one's good 
Oh, the voice makes it. I don't mind it a little. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's good. All right. So, I mean, you it's... best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Swan. <laughs> You're in one. That's a good one. That's awesome. I dig that. Little hops in the back end. I dig yeah, little that. hops in the back end. Everybody likes little hops in the back end. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. This has been episode 133 mm-hmm. of Talking Heads, our mm-hmm. once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. Make sure to like this video if you liked it and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Also, if you want to keep this party going, uh, we'll probably be hanging out over at the Discord for a little while afterwards. Um, I might have a little snifter or something. Who yeah, knows? yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, after this, I'm going to take a little pee break. Yeah. Another drink. Oh, trust me. There's going to be a five minute break in between. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> then we'll come uh, we back. won't be streaming any of this, but we'll probably jump into chat. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, make sure to join us over there. And the way you do that is by joining the Patreon. Minimum donation of one dollar per month. That's all I ask for. Uh, gives you a little bit of ownership over the Discord server itself. Uh, meaning I keep the trolls out and keep the people who actually want to be there in because they have a little something on the hook. Yes. Um. That's and the it, whole strategy. It's... And it's a wonderful community. It's an oh, it's a wonderful community. Someplace I look forward to joining and reading every day. Yep. Sometimes it's a bit much. I wake up in the morning and it's like, I missed 250 conversations. Yeah. I'm going to scroll through most of that, but right. I'll, I'll get to the meat of it. Yeah. Uh, there was a time I read every single message in Discord. It's gotten to the point I can't keep up. Yeah. Even though I'm on there probably four to six hours a yeah. day where where I'm I'm literally like doing something on the computer and Discord is half my screen. Yeah, I still can't keep up with it yeah. because it, it is one of the most active discords I've ever been on. I've been a um, little crestfallen lately because I've been so busy with my work. I haven't been able to keep up with a lot of it. I wish I really yeah. could because I used to. I mean, like uh, when we first started up, I was like heavily involved. But now I'm like, yep. I, I, I have to bide my time between work because yep. they, to be quite frank, they laid off some people and they put a bunch of work on me. So I have less time now. But uh, yeah, yep. way it is. Uh, at least I'm still gainfully employed, but I don't get to spend as much time as Discord as I like. Yep, it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Is what it is. Yeah, um, I think we're all kind of feeling that pinch. If we're we're in that situation, I'm a little bit in that situation. There's, um, you know, people who are doing more than their fair fair share right now, and there's people who aren't doing anything at all. And and. It just is what it is. You know, this is a weird time for everyone. But the good news is, is we have enough regular Discord people who uh, keep the discussion lively. They keep the discussion uh, quite interesting. So we're always still there in the background, but yes. there's always still much fun to be had. Yep. We'll so join it. And it literally does help me keep the lights on around here and helps keep content coming straight to you guys. <laughs> if you like the projects that you see on here, if you like me buying 32 core Epic servers that I really don't need um, and uh, and you like the cloud gaming rig uh, kind of stuff and you like the, the deep dives into Linux and you like the tutorials on different server tech, um, that's how I actually pay for a lot of that stuff. You know, um, I and while I do get some parts for free, there's a vast majority of parts that I still purchase out of pocket simply number one for time's sake but number two to just be objective about how i do things um so yeah it literally does help keep the lights on here and it helps keep content coming so 
think about joining if you uh, if you like the community. Uh, that's all I'm going to show for tonight. But uh, do it. Do it now. <laughs> do it. Do it. Anyway, make sure to join us every Wednesday night here at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, next week, John is back on the show. Hops and brews himself. So we'll see. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Twice a month I got to deal with that. Yeah, I know. Well, at least he's not your I, brother. I like that the week he's not on, I willfully drank the bottle <laughs> <like> I made. <laughs> he's going to be like, oh, hey, look, look. Look what Jeff will look what Jeff will take. I could I could take it down. I could take him down lower. Right. If he's willing to go there, I got a bar that's Oh yeah, we can go. We can, we can see how loud he goes. Yeah. If you take the red pill. Well there there was there was some talk, I think was it in the Discord or maybe it was in the in the YouTube chat, but there was talk about some uh MD twenty twenty. I saw some MD twenty twenty pop up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean Okay, so so after John did that MD2020 video for his Hops and Brews channel, he did bring some of it by to my house because mm -hmm. I hadn't had MD2020 for a long, long time. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of curious. Early 2000s. Yeah. It, no, 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 not even early 2000s. We're talking, we're talking 90s. This is, this yeah. is I mean, I'm kind of aging myself a bit. But yes, it has <laughs> been the 90s since I had some, and he brought some by after he had that because he had plenty left. Yes. And it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> The, the reaction he has on the video, I would say it was pretty authentic, to be quite honest. Yeah. And John enjoys a lot of stuff. He, li he likes a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, I, 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 my, my palate is way, way more open than what John's is. He's got pretty narrow. Like He doesn't like pickle beer, so I'm like, hey, pickle beer's not that bad. I like pickle beer. Like... I'm with John in that camp. Well, I know. Yeah, I understand exactly. people are not as open you know, I, I, I always thought like I was pretty narrow in my culinary no, pursuits. No, I, I found that I am not. Yes, I know. There's right. a lot of people who are like, oh, they, okay, all right. I mean, you do you. That's fine. Yep. But uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, and, and John's not quite as open as I am, but he's pretty close. So when, if he doesn't like something. John doesn't like a little bit of hops in the back end. Yeah. No, he does. Just, he doesn't want you to admit it. Anyway, yeah. thank you guys so much for watching this one. Uh, tune in next week. Same same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, as always, we'll see you next time. See you guys. Cheers. Bye.